Hello and welcome to the One About Podcast, the show where we joke about things that matter to us each week. This week we dive into the conclusion of the trilogy of films that started a multimedia empire, no pun intended, and see if they end with a bang or a whimper. This is the one about Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. I'm your host, Dean. I also go by Endless Colon Places Around the Internet, and I am joined this week by our personal Sarlacc pit, Jordan. The <laughs> Yo! Han- <laughs> the Han Solo we deserve right now, Matt, and the village Ewok, John. What's going on, guys? I'm actually honored that you referred to me as Han Solo. Oh, God. When we get to the Ewoks, you're going you're gonna to want to edit that out. Swear to God. I can't wait. Um, what have you guys been up to this week, man? Um, as of right now, uh, working from home and taking care of three kids while trying to play Pokemon? Question mark? Respect, respect. Trying to build up that Porygon empire. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Dude, I got, I, let me tell you a story really quick. So like, yesterday, um... I went to go hose out the uh, the trash bin because, like, after a while, you know, shit, nasty shit gets into the trash bin. You got to clean it out every now and then. The whole and world so I'm spraying it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm spraying it down, and I, I got the hose on the, the power jet setting on the nozzle and all that. And then after, like, I don't know, 30 seconds or so, it, like, stopped spraying out. I'm like, oh, shit, I got a kink in the hose or something. So I go and try and unkink it, and the hose is fine, and it still won't come out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I, like, turn it to a different setting, and then, like, on the the full setting, it works fine. All the other settings work fine. I'm like, what the fuck? I turn it back to jet, and it's, like, not working. So I try and, like, twist it. There's dirt in there or something, you know, like, try and work it out. Mm-hmm. And I turn it one more time, and a lizard's leg shoots out of the end of the the oh, nozzle. Shit. <sighs> And I realized that a lizard had made its home in my hose nozzle. And now I've just like shot it into the end of this thing and eviscerated it through the the nozzle of this hose. I mean, awesome. was it dead prior? It might have crawled in there and died. It, and... Well, it it yeah, still had gross. lively skin. Like it, it didn't look like a crusty old lizard that had been just, deteriorating. Uh, died there. the like, other day. Just nice believe to... that you didn't murder it, and you didn't murder it. There. <laughs> that is uh, when when half of its skull shot out of the nozzle. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like I'm gonna try and believe that it was already dead, because yeah. like I took apart the nozzle to see if I could fish it out of there and save the nozzle. Nah, man. <laughs> it's it managed to work its way into a part of the nozzle that doesn't come apart, and now they're just lizard guts jammed into all of the oh. crevices of that nozzle. It's I so guess next gross. time you put a piece of tape over it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, like keep it attached to the hose because that yeah. shit, man, that was horrific. I found a dead bird in an AC unit condensation line one time. Mm, dude like all kinds so like i used to work in hvac when i was when we lived down in miami you see some awful shit when you start pulling apart ac units yeah especially like industrial ac units that they have on the roofs of schools and shit which is what i primarily worked on right and like i've i've seen squirrels birds cats that get stuck in there oh yeah it was for me it's always always been birds yeah, dude, like dead birds and all sorts of shit. 
<laughs> birds it's funny because like i think to myself sometimes like why do you never see dead birds just laying on the side of the road like you see cats and all kinds of things right they, they could fly but then you f- i guess but like you would still think like eventually they would die somewhere where you would just see it you mm-hmm. see dead but it turns I, out that you find dead birds in all kinds of shit like ac units. on roof on roofs and stuff we see um all sorts of skeletal remains of things because of hawks and i see a lot of hawks on roofs and i see a oh. hawk like tearing into some shit i found a baby squirrel on the floor of of like on the ground by my work truck and like i fed it some cheese it's and then when i went up on the roof i saw the hawk like must have been picking apart its mother it's horrible <laughs> oh god jesus man yeah I, animal kingdom on the roof <laughs> what about you jordan you uh seem to be enjoying red dead redemption too yeah and i get to kill a lot of animals so it kind of relates um good, good god man. <laughs> well i go hunting but i use dynamite so <laughs> it's the best hunting tool it's been it's been pretty good i just right before uh this podcast recording i just got to the climax of the game um it was pretty awesome um i like it so far i'm trying i'm trying to just beat it because i've had it for so long and i'm like 70 hours into it and i just i i just need to beat it already like it's one of those games where i'm like come on just like i'm skipping side missions and i'm just focusing on like main story quests so i'm just trying to barrel through it but i'm like only 60 percent through are you gonna go back to Final Fantasy twelve after that? We'll see. Um I'm gonna get Paper Mario, so probably after Paper Mario, and then maybe if I get Ghost of Tsushima, I'll play that before, but I don't think I'm gonna get that until later on in the year. Um That's so good, dude. I know. It wasn't on my radar and I know it's it's fantastic. It looks so gorgeous and beautiful, but um I gotta choose my titles wisely. So maybe I'll go back to twelve. Um, I, f- I know that, uh, Mark wants to start up four though. I'm actually, I'm more interested in, in playing four with them than I ever was playing 12. I'm with you on that, but also like, I already started 12. I feel like I have to finish it. I don't feel that way. Um, cause I have not enjoyed almost any time with it. Really? I mean, wow, really? How many hours have you put into it? Like 12 so far. Jeez, I'm, I'm well past the beginning. I know. In in Final Fantasy, it's 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 very early game still, right? But yeah, there's just a lot of mechanical things I don't enjoy about it. The opening dialogue and the opening narrative, it's like it's like they just started reading a tale of two cities to you. It's ridiculous the amount of narrative and political drama that you have to get introduced with, and it's almost overwhelming to remember it all. So I like these characters appear i'm like why do i care about you oh okay i guess i remember and then the english voice actors are terrible but i mean i switched to i switched japanese yeah yeah jordan are you honestly trying to convince me that you actually read tale of two cities man no no i just knew i i just i i that's the first thing that came to mind i tried to um for a book project when i was didn't require reading in english three for you guys in high school that wasn't no, it's it's it different for everyone I, I remember reading list. that book in school yeah i remember that we read some stuff that other people 
in my same school didn't read. So I don't. I don't I know read, how that works. I read. I read 1984 on for my own accord in high school, just like just for fun. It's a great book. I loved it. Dude, 1984 is an incredible book. That's that is by far and away the best book that I ever read in school. Really? Um, Fahrenheit. Some required. Some classes required Fahrenheit. Um, oh man, Mine did. I, um, I can't remember the the full title of it, but it wasn't required for me. Like the classics, though, were were, were required. Of Mice and Men, yep. Lord yep. of the Flies, Great yep. Gatsby. I read those. Mm-hmm. I didn't read um, Lord of the Flies. Uh, oh, but you, one book, one book that always stuck with me was The Giver. Did you guys read that? Yeah, I did uh, not. I, you know, what's funny is like I hear a lot of people who are like, oh, we read The Giver in school and it always stuck with me. And oh, shit I read like The that. Giver. I don't I, I never I read The Giver. I don't even remember half the plot. Like, I don't Dude, about I didn't read The Giver in school. My sister gave it to me. It was like, read this book. You'll like it. And I did. The, the, the Giver was there's like a it's like a dystopian society. And they, the giver is like the only one who has all the knowledge, and they like just this. He becomes a new giver or some shit. And then I don't remember the rest. I just remember like the first chapter. They and, made a well, movie. I'm sold. They made a movie <laughs> on it. Uh, so I'd probably, I'd probably watch that and then read the book. That's what I usually do. I, I, I might buy the giver on audiobook with my next that. credit and listen to it after I'm done with yeah. Dune. Dune is the shit. We should just do an entire podcast on Dune. Dune is awesome. I we can't wait do. for the movie. Uh, One on Dune. I'm going to I'm going to read it and then I'm going to rewatch the old movie. Yeah, I'm not going to watch the movie until I'm done re- listening. I've never seen the old movie. I've always wanted to watch it. I've I've heard it's seen a pain it to get through though. No, I've watched it no, with my the, dad. The old movie's not experience. that bad, dude. Yeah, it's really it's, not. It's it's it's, it's, really it's pretty good if you don't yeah. have the context of the book. Mm-hmm. Which bait which a lot of people will that I remember didn't, and like I was really young at the time. Dude, nobody's read Dune. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, dude, I was. We were talking about it in the Discord the other day. Like, Dune is the biggest sci-fi fantasy that nobody's ever heard of. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Dune is some super low-key, super nerdy shit. And it's yeah, it's, it's like space Game of Thrones. It's incredible. It, it is badass. It's badass. Spe- it and, uh... and then they get into like folding space and like super deep sci-fi topics. So and many, shit. so many tropes came from Dune, man. Like you don't realize like the standards that Dune set in all the like different, like I said, tropes and 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 uh, sci-fi plots and basically setting so sci-fi many. standards. So we just really changed. We just turned this one from the one about Episode Six, the Return of the Jedi, <laughs> into the one about Dune. No, no, we definitely didn't. Um, so, so let me, let me do a little bit of housekeeping before we just jump into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we now have a Patreon page. So if you like what we do here and you want to help the show to keep going, you can find us over on Patreon as endless cola, where you can unlock some nice perks, including getting the show three days early. We know your time and money is valuable and we appreciate any support, but if you want to continue listening totally free. We will always be on YouTube at 8 a.m. on Thursday mornings, and we're now available on all major podcast services if you prefer. But with that, let's get right into it. And actually, since we're talking about Dune, there's a f- I, there, I found out a fun fact this week um, that relates. And so the movie Dune from 1984 is directed by David Lynch, who originally 
was slated to direct Return of the Jedi, but turned it down so he could direct Dune instead. Well, that's good, I guess, because he would have fucked up Return of the Jedi, probably. Dude, Return of the Jedi would have been a weird movie if it was directed by David Lynch, man. Like, Dune is the only movie of his I've ever seen that I can stomach. Yeah, I don't really think I've seen any of his stuff. I'm I'm just going to put this out there, like, just to kick it off. Like, I kind of feel like this movie is definitively worse than the other two in the original trilogy. In ways, but I don't know. I mean... I always, as a kid, I liked Return of the Jedi the best because of a green lightsaber. <laughs> like, mm. that was it. <laughs> that did it for me. I don't know. Um, I just feel like they everything is a little bit more half-assed in this movie. Uh, I think that... Yeah. I think that, uh... Like, Up until four you get to the very slow. end, I think the very end was done really nicely, where you have the Emperor being confronted by Luke. You know? You have that sweet shot of Hayden Christensen. Oh, you'll get there. Uh, <laughs> four starts slow and then ramps up, right? And then yeah. five, I think, is a constant blockbuster throughout the entire movie. And then I think six starts fantastic, slumps hard, and then ends great. So mm. I definitely think that six, going back and watching the original trilogy now, six is actually my least favorite one surprisingly although yeah. there were a lot of amazing scenes in uh um in episode six i would say my favorite part of six is the emperor he is incredibly captivating in every shot that he's in every Absolutely. word you Absolutely. hang on Dude, you hang on everything he, he says He's so arrogant and sure that he's gonna win the whole yeah. time. Luke I mean, even he hasn't it lost thus far. Like he straight up orchestrated, like talking about the prequels, orchestrated the downfall of the Jedi by manipulating one dude and the Senate. So, like, I would be arrogant after doing something like that. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but but even when he to to reiterate something, he didn't that, account like, for those teddy bears. <laughs> when you when you read a lot of the after the empire books like in between episode seven and episode six. And you realize that that moment Darth Vader throws him down into the main reactor of the death star, that this fucking entire, um, this entire, like, um, like things are set in motion, you know, a contingency, this entire huge contingency plan is set into motion at the second his ass dies. And you realize that it's not over kind of cool to know that when you watch it again after all this you know dude vader waited a hot second before saving luke from yeah, the force lightning like that scene was just like he was like looking back and forth he was just like weighing his options like mm, i don't mm -hmm. know if i like what he's doing I, I don't know maybe he might stop no he ain't stopping bro mm, he might <laughs> have to do something about that no no let's wait a couple he might he might he might let up no he's not With letting up <laughs> with luke literally help me father exactly he's like, like mm, i don't know though <laughs> and i totally forgot i don't know if this was superimposed after the fact maybe it was but the no that he's like no no and he throws was that put in yes definitely after what was, was no, that, that was originally there. in there that was always yeah i was gonna say i've always remembered that yeah and i think happening. that was bad like i don't like i didn't like uh, it was the same sound when 
in uh, Revenge of the Sith when he finds out Padme dies and he breaks his arm shackles and he's like, no, no. it's really Is that bad. just where it came from? They took the, the audio from from 6 and they just threw it there? Is that what, uh, is that no, what happened? It's a little bit different. It's okay. a little bit different. It's bad. Either way, it's bad. Yeah. But, I mean, really we're literally skipping to the very end of it. Do you want to go just start kind of at the in end order? and work backwards? Okay. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, if you want, I mean, uh, that's fine. Um, there, there's no rules on this podcast. I mean, do whatever we want. The, the last, wild, wild west. Those last, you know, thirty minutes of the movie are absolutely the best. You know, yeah. every single line that Ian McDermott releases as the Emperor is incredible. Like the writing was beautiful there. His delivery was perfect. Um, I, I love it. I mean, that's that, that's the highlight is watching that that saber fight seeing Luke really overpower Vader pretty easily too. Right. Like it wasn't a challenge for, for Luke to just take Vader on. I think maybe cause he so was so much so that he's like, I'm not fighting you anymore. I could kill yeah. you right now. I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but do you think that's because Vader was having like second thoughts around that I, time? I, I think I that's when so. he started getting doubt. I assume Matt, have so. you read any remember, substantive material to back this up? Remember when Luke, um, he basically is like, I have endangered the mission, and he tells Leia she's his sister, and then he goes and, like, surrenders. Well, and he's like, join me, father. I feel the conflict within you. And Vader's very passively like, it's too late for me, son. Like, no, motherfucker. Yeah. It ain't too late if you could consciously make the decision that it's too late. Then it's obviously not fucking too late. It seems like most of the Star Wars theme, well, I would say the first trilogy and the last trilogy, like the theme is uh, about redemption mostly. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that's like really held true when it comes to like the big baddies of each each one of the series, like except for Palpatine, like that, that nigga is not changing nobody. Um, <laughs> but like I, I see like, the I feel like the Jedi side of the Force is like trying to make sure like everything's in balance and like with balance that means even in dark in the Sith Lords and the dark side there's good and evil and like you can find balance within yourself and like that's why redemption is always possible, which is I think mm. is a good a good a little uh, lesson that everybody can get from the movies. It is very human lesson. I personally don't like the redemptions of either vader or kylo i don't like either of them um why you gotta why you gotta say the k word man <laughs> and nobody talking about that trash i'm just well you, you mentioned you mentioned the original and the sequels i think he meant the prequels in the original trilogy not the sequel garbage nope nope i did nope, nope. he knew exactly what i was talking about that's exactly Damn what it. why about. you gotta bring up the sequels man this is supposed to be a good wholesome show i'm sorry <laughs> but that it's the truth like in the in the prequels, redemption is not in there whatsoever. It's just no. straight up. I do what I want to get what I want. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> if anything, it's Vader's downfall instead of yeah. any kind of redemption. Basically, um, but I did notice. Um, I think it was like midway through the movie when like uh, Palpatine was talking to Vader, and he was uh. And Vader said, like, I felt his power. And then, like, 
the emperor's like i haven't felt his powers like that yeah, he said weird. strange i have not are prom- you sure your feelings don't clap yeah that was that was uh exactly i think that's like when like doubt started seeping into like vader about like his path that he's chosen is like it was this really the right path like seeing how strong luke has gotten and like what has become of his life and like he has he never met any of his kids because of the path that he's chosen like that kind of stuff like where it starts seeping into him and like making it like say making him think oh the dark side isn't as cracked up as as i thought it was dude speaking of not meeting any of his kids was anybody else struck when he was like you have a sister like motherfucker you didn't know about her either yeah that last straight up that last little uh, uh little battle provided a lot of firsts so you see the first saber throw the first force lightning the first, what I would what you could like interpret now as like Jedi mind reading or like mind like manipulation, that is right. everywhere like what, in the where sequels. Kylo based yep. his powers off of was from that scene, where yeah. yeah, for sure, and that's definitely a Sith power. It seems like I guess with um, and also can it be argued that at, with the Jedi that that using a Force, the Jedi mind trick to like get your way is that not a like a Sith? How I mean, it's, to some degree, it could definitely be used I, for evil. It's more persuasion. It's more uh, manipulated persuasion Suggested. than actually, like, yeah. Oh, I'm which a... is why it doesn't work on like Jabba. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh spe- actually, speaking of dark side and light side force powers, isn't choking usually is is synonymous with dark side? Luke walks into Jabba's palace and immediately chokes them out. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many moments in this movie where I'm like, where I'm just like, are you Jedi or Sith, man? Like, love it. Luke's going around force choking dudes. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi is upset that Luke won't just murder Vader. <laughs> I'm true. like, who's the <laughs> Jedi here? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, Obi Wan's sure. like, that's my mistake. I should have wiped that out. No, no, that's your job now, Luke. You're supposed to kill your. But daddy. it was the '80s, and the movies in the '80s are about killing. You know, um, if Rambo but... taught us anything. Yeah. <laughs> Point Actually, made. Matt, Matt, that's a question that I have for you, man. Like, since you're so big on Obi Wan Kenobi, isn't him being like upset that Luke won't just murder Vader kind of out of character for him? It's extremely out of character. I mean, it it, it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Because I never considered that until this rewatch. When I watched it, I was like, what the fuck, Obi-Wan? Like, and he's like, I, I can't, you know, I just, I can't kill him or whatever. And he's like, then we, you've already lost or some shit. It's like, no, man. No. Pretty Obi-Wan, shocking. Obi-Wan, even in the Revenge of the Sith, he, he at least tried to reason with him before they, you know, did the death battle, you know? But yeah. what, don't you think that's a a byproduct of him trying to reason with him? Like, yeah, he went into seclusion for so many years, and like he's seen like what Vader's influence did, and uh, destroying the Jedi, and like basically subjugating most of the galaxy. And then his final chance, like he's like, okay, you have your choice of like trying to redeem yourself and trying to make yourself better, or you can kill me right now. And he decides to kill him. So like, I understand why Obi Wan was just like. Nah, I'm done. I did everything I could. Take him out. Like, I understand that. I know that I was talking shit because you guys started talking about the sequels earlier, but I gotta bring this up. 
Mm-hmm. Like this movie is why the sequels are so offensive when it comes to Luke Skywalker. Like mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi was the dude who was sitting there like, you got to murder Vader, dude. Yoda is like, you really got to go face Rita as murder Vader. Luke is the only one who's like, no, man, I'm not going to murder the most evil entity in the galaxy. And yet you mean to tell me this dude is going to turn on an innocent Padawan while he's sleeping? Mark no. Hamill doesn't no. like the sequels either, and he's very verbal on yeah, that. Yeah, he he really didn't like the path that they chose for Luke. You know, and, and fuck Ryan Johnson. Like that's all I got to say. Oh wow! All right, tell me how you really do wielding. <laughs> it's not. He's not wrong though. Like it's so ridiculously out of character for Luke Skywalker to do that that it, it just doesn't make any sense. It does. It's, it's counter to everything we've ever but, known about yeah. Luke Skywalker. But I also want to say is how did Snoke meet Kylo and manipulate him from the shadows? Like how, how, how come they never explained Snoke's and Kylo's relationship and how come Luke's training this kid and how does he have, like, I just, like they just, there's so much unexplained crap. That, like, even there's so much that they do explain in the books, but there's still so much they don't. And it just makes all of it not even worth it. They missed a golden opportunity. Like, personally, the path I've always wanted them to go, they had a golden opportunity here with Luke. Because Luke, at the end of Six, was really a gray Jedi. He was. He wasn't. He wasn't a perfect paragon. He what he wasn't Sith. He was right there in that sweet but a gra- in that sweet a gray spot. Jedi where he is had balanced perfect balance within himself. At, I would actually argue at the end of six, he is a perfect Jedi. During he's what, six, he's not. But yeah. he follows through the path and discovers what Yoda meant when he said, "After you face Vader, you will then become a Jedi." Yeah, he used. I agree with he that. He used his anger that. and aggression. His anger and his aggression are at what first, ultimately at won. At first he does, but when he decides he's not going to fight Vader he anymore, his when he puts away. down his weapon, he throws it away. He yeah. understands Yoda's lessons at that point. He's internalized them and truly become a Jedi. Right. He's yeah, transcended. I, I feel like he's like become, he actually found balance within himself. And, like, what I noticed about the prequels and most of the Jedis, like, I feel like most of the Jedis were, like, ridiculously arrogant in their mission and didn't really understand what they were supposed to do. And that's why it just seems like an inevitability that they were going to get taken out. Um, Mm. Because they, I feel like they didn't really, weren't balanced individuals as, like, just base facts like they just weren't balanced at all like they they thought that their mission was holy and they didn't see anybody else's side they didn't really like have any real room for discussion on what they decided it's like it's either this or like we take you out i think palpatine points that out directly too in the prequels yeah like they they're very they're very bullheaded in Mm -hmm. their thought process and that was the problem and i think luke embodies what they should have been during those times yeah. To where, like, there is redemption for people. Like, sometimes fighting isn't the answer. We can find a a peaceful resolution and work together instead of just like, okay, this person doesn't um, match our ideals, so we're just going to take them out and create a massive force to just overpower them. And, like, that doesn't seem very Jedi-like. 
So it's it's funny because like when you watch this these original three movies, who the Jedi are, what they stand for, all these kinds of things are really nebulous concepts. You don't really get a sense of the Jedi. Like Yoda kind of tells you, Obi Wan kind of tells you, but like based on them, you would think like don't just murder somebody who gets in your way like we're assassins you know Mm -hmm. it's not until the prequels established the jedi order and all this kind of shit at least in the movies like matt i'm sure you could tell me some books where this was established before that uh, uh, i don't know if i if i just think that with the jedi the jedi i've seen a lot of videos about the jedi their how their ideologies are flawed and in a lot of ways they are I think mm-hmm. when I think about the balance of the force, I keep coming back to a gray Jedi being like, like if you think of like what Darth Vader really did by killing off all the Jedi, all he did was bridge the gap because if there's two Sith and there's 10,000 Jedi, then that's not a balanced force in the universe, right? To balance it in, in that regard, you, everyone would have to be gray. You know, you have to be able to have emotion and control it. You know, to to suppress all of your emotion, you're just going to have a Anakin like personality to where you're bottling up all this fucking anger and you're going to lash out when you're, you know, when you're when you find out your wife's cheating on you, you're going to kill her instead of just divorcing her and just moving on with your life. You know what I mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this, Dude, just, this we spun off into a really dark territory. <laughs> right. Okay. It was just an example. <laughs> so Luke goes into his fight against Vader pretty confident. I would say very confident that He's he was really going confident the whole movie, really. He, you're right. He is unwavering the entire movie, which I love. Absolutely love it. Um, the time gap between five and six is a little nebulous. I looked into it and it's anywhere between one and three years. And Luke Luke makes a point to go back to Dagobah, and when he went back to Dagobah to see Yoda and to see Yoda's passing and have that final dialogue with him, learn about his sister, Yoda acts like this is the first time he's come back, right? And then when he talks to Obi Wan, that was like the first time he had talking he he had spoken with Obi Wan as a Force ghost in that time, also. So, yeah. who trained him? How did he train these past? few years between five and six to become so adept and powerful dude that was my question too because like he makes it seem like he's never gone back to dagobah yeah and now he's running around calling himself a jedi knight i'm like where did you, where did you get these jedi robes why are you calling yourself a jedi knight like what the hell is happening i, I had always assumed he had gone back to dagobah and done some some training but had to leave but that's just speculation but because jordan you bring up a lot of really good points when you say it seems like he hasn't been back and it really does seem like he hasn't. So it's hard to say. Yeah. Cause he things, says, you can only just speculate. Cause and... he says like, I have a promise to fulfill yeah. to a friend implying that he has not been back there. Like he said he was going to. And then when he gets back there, Yoda's like, there's no more training you require. I'm like what? Wait, what? You good, what bro. Th- what, what do you mean? <laughs> like what the hell has been going on? Like he, he found a way to, build his own lightsaber, which I guess, Matt, you were telling us last episode, he goes back to Obi-Wan's little hut and finds it there. But even still, like... No, he finds the design. He finds, I guess, Obi-Wan's Force yeah, Ghost yeah, tells yeah. him to go there, and he finds stuff about the Jedi. Um, I mean, 
there's a lot of stuff about Luke that he finds in the Emperor's possession. I think the Emperor had that a lot of those Jedi texts, and Luke goes around apparently after six, and he goes around and finds all these artifacts that the Emperor had and shit. And even in the Battlefront game story mode, he finds the Sith Wayfinder. I think. Which was the mm. first hint at the Wayfinder. The okay. most half-assed plot device ever. Yeah. We're not going there, boys. We're not, <laughs> we're not doing it. But, so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of up in the air how Luke became so powerful. Um, I'm sure that there powerful, is... Though. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a plethora of comics and expanded books to go over his travels. You know, I'm sure... He went to many planets and met with many force adepts, both creatures and individuals who aren't Jedi, but follow a faith around the force. But there, there are numerous different religions that follow the force as a faith. I think you actually see a little bit of this in Rogue One. Um, but but then there's also force adept creatures, which I know Jedi have trained with also. There's actually creatures who are anti-force that I read in one of the legacy books I thought was so cool when I was younger that there was a creature that you couldn't use force on. Like it was force repellent. I thought that was pretty awesome. Didn't make any sense what you learned. Like once you learn the canonical reason for the force, but you know, it's legacy. So it's not, we, you know, it's, it's we not canon. don't know the you canonical mean legends. Are you referring to legends? Force. Isn't midichlorians. Isn't that just a uh, canonical no, explanation? <laughs> was that not just retained? No, but the thing with midichlorians is that's just like the cells in your body that channel the force. It's not the force. There's no explanation as far as I know. Oh, they the move. Force actually is. So they've moved the goalposts a little. So yeah, it's like midichlorians are like the mitochondria. Like, they're like mitochondria in your cell, except they just generate and channel force. They're they the powerhouse the of the cell, all right. Yeah, yeah. They, they give you the ability to channel the force, I guess. Like, w- w- yeah, that's fine. And like, the okay. midichlorians, the stronger you can channel the force. Let's go with that. What yeah. I mean, what's weird is when you start reading about like Plagueis and how he communicates with the force. It's like they're a living creature, so it's weird. Like that yeah. that whole dialogue, but it gets really confusing and really gray at that point. So it's not it's not even worth talking about. Just know it. Just understanding the force is some manipulate, you know, just feel that you can manipulate is enough. It's just a magical energy. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually want to delve into the legacy of Dark Plagueis and like read everything about that because I thought that was probably the most interesting thing that, uh, the interesting lore that I could come across when talking about Dude, like Jedi's on the dark side. I know Matt will back me up on this. Like, read the Plagueis book. That book is awesome. Dude, it's great. Badass. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of more about Palpatine than it is about Plagueis, but it's still really it, great. It it, it I mean, is. Yeah, it's called you, Dark Disciple, but it's about his training. It's it's really cool about Plagueis because you get to see his background, where he's from. He's he's from um, Naboo, and I mean I, you know that, but he you know you get to see a little bit about his upbringing. He kind of hates his family, or kind of he comes from wealth. He's a very rich mofo, but he's like his parents expect something of him, and he's like. Just wants to be the evil piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. One thing, one thing that su- surprised me was that Darth uh, Darth Plagueis's death happens during the first film. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's during the first film, like it, its timeline when they're on Coruscant. That's when the actual 
assassination happens. That's when Palpatine kills him. I couldn't confirm or deny that. I think I I I you mean episode one. Yeah, episode one, because Plague uh, in the comics, Darth Plagueis actually meets the boy. He meets Anakin as a child. He goes Mm -hmm. to the uh, their apartment that they're staying or whatever. He like tricks whomever's guarding him and he actually meets the the boy Anakin and he he determines that he's not going to be a threat or I forgot the exact reasoning that he didn't actually kill him but he just essentially walked away because the whole point is Darth Plagueis his entire life was devoted to mastering life and death through the force so he mm-hmm. wanted eternal life and he wanted to be able to control life and death by using the force and he thought because he came close to achieving this the dialogue was that the force was mocking him so they created a being of pure force essentially which is what anakin was he thought that Mm -hmm. that was the force's way of mocking his efforts to control life and death through them and that same night that he met anakin plagueis got him really drunk this is the story. Got him really, really drunk, had a dialogue with him, and then actually killed him in their apartment that they were staying on on Coruscant. Wait, killed Anakin? No. Killed, no. Uh, Plagueis he, got he, he killed, killed Plagueis. Plagueis. Uh, Sidious. Yes, Sidious. Sorry. I, I, I know, Pla- I know yeah. Plagueis, in the beginning of Dark Disciple, it shows Plagueis, it talks about the very first chapter, I think, is Plagueis killing his master. That's usually yeah. the succession, right? That that's the expected Sith yeah, succession. With Sith, yeah, there's only supposed to be like two Sith, and like there's like two two main rules. Like it's like rule of one and like rule of many when it comes it's to the rule Sith. of two. R- rule of rule two. two. Anyways, but 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 that's why um, Sidious he'll he'll half train people. Like Darth Maul was a was a was a Sith assassin. He wasn't like a true apprentice like Vader was. And and Dooku was also being used, and and Dooku had that apprentice. What's her face? And um, even if you want to count when um, in the Force Unleashed, I know it's not canon, but that was like a half-ass apprentice of Darth Vader's, you know. So the rule of two is like a gray rule, like you know. It's just making sure that you teach them enough that they're useful, but to where they can't usurp your Well, the, the rule of two is once you become powerful enough to kill me, you should. You, you know what I mean? Like, once you're more... Once the student becomes the master, it is accepted that the student should kill the master. <laughs> if they can't. But the master... The master will kill the... Stu- the master will kill the student if they're not strong enough. You know? So, like... So, like, if Darth Vader wanted to kill the Emperor... He couldn't do it because the Emperor would have walloped Darth Vader in his state. He, with any amount of electricity, would have killed him. Um, that's why he's like, together, son, we can kill the Emperor and rule the galaxy. Like, cause Darth Vader was really no match for the Emperor, you know? But he has that drive to kill the Emperor because the rule of two. The, 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 the Apprentice wants to kill their master and they crave the power. They crave... Because all Sith are are driven with selfishness and jealousy, you know? They crave that. They want to be the top dog. They want to be the master after a yeah, certain and, amount and of And a lot of the canon comics and books, it shows Vader, like, actively plotting to kill uh, yeah, exactly. Sidious over exactly. and over again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, I looked it up, and you're right, Jordan. The story you're talking about, Plagueis does die during the events of Episode One, but that's a Legends story, so it's not. Oh, it's Legends story. now. Okay. Yeah. So it's cool. I, I, I find it hard to keep up. <laughs> I, find... I can't blame you. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with freaking anything with Star Wars. They're always well, they, making things Legends and they not just canon, shit the bed. They, canon. They shit the bed so hard. In a lot of ways, a lot of those legends, like even technically that book, Dark Disciple is legend. But I mean, like, to be fair, at some point they had to be like, all right, we, we got to start again because this is oh, getting yeah. out of oh, hand. Oh, yeah. But but like Jordan also said, and we're going to quote Jordan a lot, is they missed a golden opportunity <laughs> with those movies. That, that's, that is my stance, like with the sequel trilogy, like they had so much to work with and so much potential and they just dropped the ball every place that they could yeah pretty much seriously speaking of dropping balls uh (laughs) nice like luke at the very beginning of this movie luke rolls up into jabba's palace like he owns that bitch like love it how did he go from this like little moisture farmer to now mm-hmm. he's just kicking in the front door of Jabba's palace, murdering guards and demanding shit from Jabba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, no, it was kind of weird how Jabba every opportunity to survive mm-hmm. that Jabba's yeah. just an mm-hmm. idiot and a, you know, a very um, arrogant prick because I he mean, was like, listen, again, I mean, even up until yeah. the end, he was like, listen, before you execute us, I'll give you one last chance, free us or die. You know? And, I, mean, I mean, in his defense, he's seen a lot of Jedi get fucked up by less than a rancor in a small little pit like that. Yeah, I think the odds were pretty good that Luke wasn't going to get out of there. Yeah, but, and, uh, and then that, okay, the rancor pit scene with Luke, I feel like this is another stance of just ineptitude on whoever create designed the rancor pit. Because it's like, why is the button down there with them? Like, I don't understand. Like, he threw a rock, hit the button, crushed the rancor, and went. Why didn't he just use the force to push the button? I mean, yeah. Now now you're asking those real questions. Yeah, Yeah, it took me a while to warm up. (laughs) My point is, the button shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, he could have have forced... The way that I read that scene was that the button is outside of the pit. Yeah, I'm not that's super like a separate, clear on how he they, got outside the pit like that, but it was outside. No, he you gotta just think went about it. They the... gotta change that thing's water and shit, you know, and like clean his poop. So that's just the bro. The bro, that beastmaster was so upset that no, his that's, that's got that, that, Did you know that that guy raised that thing? That guy raised that thing from like a baby. He's like the only human in Jabba's palace, and he is so upset about his baby rancor. That just got wrecked. Dude, he was like in love with that thing. Like, not in love, like sexually, but he was like, that was like his child, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I oh, totally uh, understand. What? Uh, speaking of the whole canteen, uh, of the whole uh, Java uh, story arc in the beginning, what was the plan originally? Like, I understand the two droids going there. I understand R2 having Luke's lightsaber the entire time. Mm-hmm. Why? What was the purpose of Leia going there at all? Like yeah, I she just got herself that until I she freed it. Han. She just she got freed Han. She freed because... Han. Yeah. yeah. But like, but yeah, but Luke could have easily have done that, and, and Leia's intention honestly. at that point. 
Like Leia's intention at that point was, okay, I'm going to free Han and then we're going to leave. So if their plan succeeded, then Luke would have had to go back and go, okay, well, I got Han out, but I, I, I need those droids. So I'm going to go ahead and break in and take the droids back too. Our plan if actually I, succeeded. If I can quote Dune for a second, they had plans within plans. Oh, they had Jesus Christ. He it, might it, have had like, a force vision or something, man. And like, I don't know. He just well, what well, he he saw fourteen million paths, and he took the one where Leia ended up as a slave in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it brought no, him. I mean, the, the way that I read that scene is like Leia's job was to get Han out of the Carbonite. Right. If they got away after that, great. But mm-hmm. if they don't, Luke is still going to come in there. Uh, R2 has got his lightsaber and he's going to kill Jabba and break. I think, I think Luke coming there was maybe he sensed that things weren't going to plan. So he's like, I got to bail these fuckers out like plan B, you know, but like Mm -hmm. my whole thing is like, okay, so they get Han out of the carbonite. Why didn't they just put him back in? Because they don't have, uh, that. Oh, good point. Yeah, they don't. They don't you gotta have go what? all the way to Bespin to do that, and Jabba's not. Oh, Jabba. yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that like makes Jabba, sense. Jabba doesn't just have a carbonite chamber laying around. Well, well no, with, no, but remember what we talked about on the last around, one, Dean? Where, where we were like, "Hey, we don't even know if this is safe for life forms because it's not used for that." Well, now how do they know how to get them out? <laughs> you know, bro, that. That was one of my notes. I was like, all of a sudden, Leia's an expert on an carbonite. Expert. She knows exactly how to get him out. But if she it knows was the three, hibernation three, sickness, sickness yeah. how long he's going to return to the three, site. They, they had, had up years. to three years. They had up to three years between the fifth and sixth to plan this. So what, Han did, was, what did they do? Go back to Bespin and free somebody in carbonite? Free some animals. What happens when they come <laughs> they out? Froze, they could have froze like an animal and contested it that way. And, and and what if he had died? What if he died in the unfreezing process? They kill him. You know, they do it too quick or something. That'd be a very different movie. <laughs> it, would just be, it would just be different. And the sequels oh. would be instantly better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kylo, um... Kylo disappears. You just see Kylo just slowly disappearing in the sequel. <laughs> like back to the future. Yeah, like like back to the starts fading away. Yeah. He's, he's looking at his hand. He's like, oh, no, it's happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's go to the enchantment under the sea dance, mom. Uh, something that uh, would have been just as jarring and was very jarring was the added song. That they put in the CG. Oh yes, in yes. the song, yeah, in Java's Palace. Yeah. That yeah. the the entire atmosphere of Java's Palace was dark. It was dank. It was mysterious, and it was threatening. And then all of a sudden, they break out into that, and I'm completely de-immersed. Yeah. Really? I mean, first of all, like this is one of those scenes where, like, I've re- I remember this from my childhood. It's been in the movie for so long. That... I did not remember. I, mean, I thought it was th- newly this is added. like a a you know like. Like it was I mean, Jabba, Jabba's 90s. a gangster. He's gonna want entertainment, and like just because your idea of yeah. entertainment doesn't line up with Jabba's, man, I I mean he's a he's a he's a freaking glutton alcoholic. You know he wants to party. You know, but I will state you get that you get that sense when old girl who was dancing as a slave, he just throws her in the pit. I think that was more of a scene to introduce like the threat of the rancor, and like he's just got this big beast just under under his throne room waiting to kill people and mm-hmm. like he just throw people in there on a whim 
because yeah, I don't I don't remember her doing anything really wrong. Yeah, just Matt, for entertainment. So, you Matt, still is get that. Bib Fortuna a Twilic? Wait, say again. Is Bib Fortuna a Twilic? Who's Who's Bib? The his major domo, the 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 guy with the tentacles coming. Yeah, off his head. yeah, yeah. Him and yeah, the slave girl were both Twilic. He is. He is, but he but he's just like an albino. Green? No. Oh, no. oh, is he albino? Oh, okay. He's got red they eyes. Have, they have different colors uh, uh, of Twi'leks. They have they have blue, green. They have a uh, white. I think he was. A, a, I think he was special. Colored. Well, he's got red eyes. He's definitely albino. I don't know if he's Twi'lek for sure. Uh, that's a. That's not in my expertise. Let's, Sorry. Let's find out. Google it. What's uh, funny is he might be something else, man, because he only has one tentacle. He doesn't have two. Two, yeah. No, he does have two. He does have two. They're just wrapped in a weird way. Oh, uh, so he probably I, th- I thought he only also, had one at first, too. He also has he sharp does. teeth. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird to me. I think Cosmetic? that was the first time that that, that, uh, that alien um, species was introduced, or were they in the cantina scene in 4? I can't remember they if there was They were in that Bruce Willis there. movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Fifth Element? They were? They were in Fifth Element? Yeah. Ish. It's like a very, it's like one of, I don't know which movie came out first, but somebody stole some shit from somebody else. (laughs) Um, A question that I wanted to ask you guys, how do you think the story and the movie would have changed if they had left, left Han Solo like dead in the carpet? Uh, Almost none at all. Like how so, it like what what does Han Solo do that's extremely actually before I get back to, before we get to that I I just did we really have to kill the black girl first in this movie <laughs> like did did that stand out to nobody else the like is that really what we're going with this eighties invented that trope yeah, <laughs> it's a trope it's a yeah when like no offense like culturally wise like if you actually got involved or like hung around actual black people in a tense situation they run they don't question what's going on they don't try to figure it out they run like 100% if I was in that situation or in like a tense situation that I didn't feel I had any chance of surviving or like a good chance I'd be out there you don't hedge your bets straight up so you're trying to say white people run towards danger 100% they do Oh, I stick around. Shower. Let's go check it out. Let's see what's happening. Maybe I, I can fix it. I carry I carry a nine millimeter most places, and I think I'm still running if I don't stand a chance. No, that's the thing. Is like they go and check it out when they don't have any sort of protection. Right. That's like, the sketchy oh man, part. everybody's been disappearing. Let's go into this sketchy corridor and see if we can find out what's going on. No, I'll like, figure this no, out. I'm going to the car. If that car, if it doesn't have the keys in it, I'm hot wiring it. If it's not hot wired, I'm gonna find a bicycle somewhere and just ride off. Like, we're- are you insinuating that there's some sort of predisposition to danger? <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Like, the, and it's not a fearlessness. 100%. Like, the fear's gotta be there. Like, you gotta be afraid no, while you're I, doing it. No, it's the it's like, I think it's like they don't think they're actually gonna get hurt or in danger, which makes sense. That they just like go into any situation, just be like, nah, it'll be fine. Like, if something bad's happening, like it's it's not gonna happen to me. Like, everything's gonna be all right. 
I feel like that's that's kind of like the underlying cause why they do it, but I never understood why like it always seemed like black people would die in horror movies first because it never made sense to me. Yeah, because because in real life they would have been out like they would have like, been out with quickness. I don't care if they were they're like strapped with like whatever sort of weapon or utensils they if they don't if like I don't understand it and like I I don't feel I can take it out I'm done like there's no point in me putting myself in that danger. I think that my curiosity would that. definitely kill me. It, yeah, I would be the one that would, would die. Take over. Yeah, like if some weird alien shit was going on, I I couldn't resist it. I would have to like, okay, yeah. I gotta I gotta check this it's out. It's like if like your mindset is like, if I live through this experience, the stories I could tell. That's exactly that's one hundred percent what I'd be thinking, John. Dude, that's exactly what I would I would that's just, that would be on my Jordan, tombstone. Like you're thinking Jordan's like what? Jordan's like, what happens if I play one more mission in Red Dead Two? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this Jordan, next mission Jordan's sounds epitaph. exciting. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's what I mean. Like, so getting back to episode six is, like, to Dean's point, I was like, did Han really, like, add anything to the story? Or, like, I feel, I, I'm no, I'm 100% sure, hmm. like, the reason they brought him back is because he was a fan favorite. And people, like, didn't like the fact they got stuck in Carbonite. Because the original plot and what Han and what uh Harrison Ford wanted was for Han Solo to be done in the second right week. like he he played in episode seven to get killed off on purpose yep, yep. well because that's what he wanted it originally well apparently in episode six he's a general now so he can't just yeah <laughs> yeah they're like hey hey Harrison we're just gonna downgrade you to a general did I say downgrade I meant upgrade <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude Lando's so a general now yep. like after Han he betrayed everybody like Luke's a Jedi, you know. Luke is a Jedi knight. There was a quip between uh, Lando and Han, like basically talking about, like, "Oh yeah, you're the most trustworthy person here, so no wonder you're leading the mission." Like that Sketchy. kind of stuff. bro, was like, bro, was nobody else like Lando's the trustworthy one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did nobody watch the Lando movie, man? Yeah. Oh man, uh, exactly. I was like, they right. didn't in the eighties. But yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like Lando, if Lando's the the trustworthy one, I have some serious issues with this rebellion's chances. Yeah. Like whoever's in charge yeah. of HR for the rebellion is is dropping the ball hard. The oh, assumption dude. is they have one. Mm-hmm. They, they, I don't know why this just came to mind, but like, was anybody else like laughing their ass off at how gung ho C3PO was to just straight bail on this whole plan? Oh, he's like, been he's like that like since that. the beginning, yeah, but like I love yeah. him. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, about but him. like every chance he had, he was just like, mm, looks like they're not gonna answer. Mm, look like they're not gonna let us yep. in. Mm, looks like, like he just wants to get the so fuck good. out of there. Because dude. like he's how, the most how does a robot have fear? out there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why dude. is fear programmed into him? Like why language programmed into him? Why is not impersonating a deity programmed into him? Yeah. I will it goes against my right. programming. So touching touching upon that, like first off, about the programming of the robots, let's touch on the scene of the torture chamber for the robots. And I was yeah. like, that didn't make <laughs> sense that, to me. I I, like, I couldn't understand were they, were they branding it or were they torturing it because it, it. It, it was torturing it. It was it was the same thing over and over. They were torturing it over and over again. And I was like, uh. <laughs> 
what is is this supposed to instill fear into c-3po is this supposed like i understand them like the the robot that was chained together and they're ripping it apart i would fear that even if i didn't have pain receptors like uh programmed into me but like homeboy just upside down getting his treads burned and i'm like (laughs) what is that supposed to do i think they just wanted to add to the shittiness of of java's palace like they just got a major downgrade in quality of life like if it it was actual like alien species i can understand but robots like it was robots torturing robots i'm like no i'm not feeling it i don't see i don't see where the danger is it was weird and then and then r2 got the utmost disrespect just being a drink server yeah mm-hmm. just carrying around drinks for everyone on the on java ship <laughs> but R, yeah. r2 is like a he's like a stalwart like he's he's the rock of the group like he's down to do whatever he's right or die sure, yeah yeah to make sure the mission goes through like he will do whatever he's he can and put himself in danger without r2d2 it doesn't feel like star wars right like watching bba roll around was wrong yeah Without R two D two, like straight up, like they all would have died in the first movie. Yeah, it would have like, been hard. There wouldn't be a Star Wars without R two D two. Like R two D two MVP Star Wars. You're right. He yes. had that message. Absolutely. No contest whatsoever. They would have. Like, they would have all died in this movie without him. Too. Only only R two D two can launch a lightsaber from his chest. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody he has. Else. He's he's a Swiss Army droid. He had a a saw to. To cut through the ropes, he has he a, a he flamethrower back in the He's got game. a taser. What happened to his flamethrower? Yeah. Honestly, I don't even know why they keep C-3PO around, or why they didn't change his programming to where he was more like R2-D2, like, all for the mission. That's what I never got, but I get it to give, like, more personality, and also C-3PO is, like, the person who's, like, sh- showing the audience, like, how crazy this all seems, and, like, they're never gonna get out of it, like, giving you a sense of, like, dread and danger i always kind of felt like the you can't program the personality of the droids like you can tell them how to be but like their actual personality is literal artificial intelligence well and is is it a learned behavior from experience like with these droids is no because c3po is always like that Mm -hmm. aren't you supposed to also wipe their memory after a certain amount of time that's what happened to to a Lando's droid that had to get like um, assimilated into the fa- uh, into the Falcon, like that's canon now, right? Yeah, I f- I want to say like I've I I remember them wiping the memory of a droid, and then after they came back, they were basically the same. They just didn't remember anything. So wait a minute, yeah, when they did that, when they when they was that Gwendolyn Christie that got assimilated into the Millennium Falcon? Um, the actress that voiced her? I don't know. Pretty sure. The the one who played fucking the Game of Thrones lady. She was also Captain Oh, Plasma. yeah. I think her? it was her. Yeah, I think you're right. So so what, So if they did that, then how come now you got to watch the movies? Now there's no... Because she had like the best knowledge of the the hyperspace travel, right? Yes, she was the co-pilot for Lando. Yeah, she but so but then when she becomes part of the ship, she doesn't talk or anything anymore. She's just part of the ship. Are you trying to say that Lando is low key a bad movie? Yes. Uh, Solo? Wait. No, I think Solo is still a good movie. So it's I do this. It's too I, much I of a slow a- burn for me to enjoy, especially for a character that's like so charismatic. 
I, I just I didn't I didn't favor it much. Definitely not like, the best, but it seems like either. any movie that Daenerys is a part of that's not Game of Thrones related automatically bombs for some reason. It's just, it's just off. And I don't know if that's for her like acting talents or whatever, but I don't I, think I don't know. Personally, I don't think that she's an incredible actress. I think she's good. Mm-hmm. Um like people really blew the um the the, the lead in um the Hunger Games up. I forgot her name. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Like people really blew her up. Like, oh my God, she's incredible. And I've seen movies with her outside of those. And I'm just like, uh, it's she average. seems kind of one note. She seems kind of one note, right? Yeah. I, don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with like the roles that actors and actresses choose, though. Because like in Jennifer Lawrence's case, Mother is an incredible movie. Yes. She does a great job in that movie. Some people only know how to play one thing. Like, Tom Cruise can only play Tom Cruise. But on that note, I gotta go. So you guys can continue this one without me. Um, If, if I can complain real quick about C-3PO, because we were talking about it, and, and I just brought up something I thought about when I was watching the movie. So, he's an interpreter droid, right? He knows six million languages. He mm-hmm. stumbles every single time he has to give an interpretation. He's always like, oh, it's an old dialect, or, oh, he kind of said this. Like, he's always some kind of excuse. So I think mm-hmm. he's a terrible interpreter droid. Just in general, uh... C-3PO. C-3PO, in my opinion, doesn't have much use. He has more use in the sequel trilogy than in any other trilogy, in my opinion. And, like, in the first and second trilogy, I think he's just there for comic relief and a foil for r2d2 and to like translate what r2d2 is saying or his motivations by his actions i it's think a lot that's of comic his relief. main role yes yeah i mean he always does the job though like maybe it's not perfect or something but he always gets it done yeah but he ought it's more the fact that he's never really like has any drive to actually help that I mean, that's true. C-3PO exists for C-3PO. Yeah, and, like, that doesn't make sense, especially for a droid who's supposed to be in service. Like, the fact that he calls, like, Anakin his master, but he he's not willing to sacrifice anything or himself to help him out, it, it seems uh, like it, it's just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's contrary to what, what his primary function should be. You know what I mean? I mean, it's also kind of weird that, like... R2-D2 and C-3PO don't recognize anybody. Yes. I mean, did they ever see Anakin when he turned into Darth Vader or, like, see any of that? Was that proven? Uh, I don't think so, but they would know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. True, and then you would think Obi-Wan Kenobi would give him, like, the rundown of information or, like, he'd be just racking his brain over what just happened, the first few years after uh anakin turns to darth vader and starts destroying shit around the galaxy my my head canon is that their memories of obi-wan were wiped to protect him that's that my, would make sense that's well, my if head that's, canon, if know? that's the case then it further cements the fact of what i was saying before that the droids just are who they are they're like people they have a personality even if you wipe their memory they're still who they are yeah but you would think that since it's like a, a 
something that's based on programming, if you wanted to, you could change that personality pretty easily if you would think about it, right? Maybe. Prob- I don't know. It really depends, man. Like, if, if what I'm saying is accurate and, like, they have artificial intelligence that creates their personality, the only way you're going to fix that is if you completely wipe them and do it all again from scratch. Like, basically take out the droid soul. I got you. yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that, because at that point you're talking about murder. Yeah. Oh, that's a real gray area, right? Like for <laughs> droids, yeah. I, I droid, don't, I don't droid really rights. Think so, man. I don't really think so, man. Like if you're talking about a creature that has its own personality, personality, identity, thoughts, and feelings, and you take its life away, like that's that's just murder. That's, man. that's murder, or, or just outright just uh mind control like like we give we give more appreciation to animals that have less than that yeah true i i guess the only difference is that we we just don't use animals oh i can't even say we don't use them as tools because we in a way kind of do in certain specific scenarios but yeah that's something that generations after we're dead are going to have to probably worry about. I don't think we're going to worry about that during our time here. I don't know, man. But the way things are going, we might have to. Maybe if it progresses enough, but changing um, changing an AI's personality would probably be, be, be very complex. Um, but you could program in certain fail-safes. Like that's, that was the whole point of uh, Will Smith's movie, right? I Am Robot? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the the yeah. laws, the robotic laws. Yeah, 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 yeah. So circling back around, did anybody else um catch how Jabba refer or no, maybe it's not Jabba, is it C three PO? Oh no, it's Jabba. it's C three PO interpreting for Jabba, but he calls it the all powerful Sarlacc pit. Oh my god. <laughs> this thing is like a big worm in a hole. <laughs> what makes it Wait. all powerful? Yeah, okay. My question is did they add the beak later on? Because mm, I don't yes. remember that. Yep. Okay. No, yeah, All it right. used to just be a definitely. <laughs> yeah. And Which... you know what's funny about that is if you watch that scene closely, there are scenes where the beak is there and then scenes where it's not. Yeah, and like I will I will say the original Sarlacc pit where you just see a pit with tentacles and just like a gaping maw with teeth going down was way more imposing and terrifying than like a big like air shot pan and then you see this beak coming out of the sand i was like (laughs) yeah i didn't i didn't care for the beak um i don't care for most of the enhancements that were made in the late 90s but tell me you put up air quotes please tell me you did (laughs) um i'm happy though that they did keep the like so they had a few options to enhance um to enhance a number of scenes and they took those options with whenever a claymation was used in stop motion mm-hmm. i was happy to see that the rancor is true to its original form yeah that like was the, awesome. the rancor scene is entirely original stop motion you know figurine looks fantastic um so i was happy to see that they didn't touch that i couldn't remember if they ta- had touched it or not because it, it, it had been a while since i've seen six so i was worried when I was going up to the rancor scene, I'm like, oh god, like they're gonna, they're gonna. What know, am I about they're, to witness? They're, they're gonna put like bigger teeth on it or something. I just couldn't remember what they had done, but thankfully they didn't do anything at all. It'll be digested for a thousand years. 
Yeah, dude, like, when he was like, you'll be digested slowly over a thousand years, I'm like, you're gonna die of, like, thirst and starvation well before a thousand years is Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Unless the Sarlacc is down there like, here you go, sir, here's a nice little bottle of wine with your acid bath! (laughs) (laughs) Just keep it. I mean, there like there are like uh, certain entities that I saw in like anime series and like other sci-fi series that they keep their food alive through certain means, like chemicals or whatever. Like they give them nourishment while they feast on them for longer. But like, yeah, the Sarlacc. I don't know why they're talking about a thousand years. You're correct. Like they're just straight up gonna die way before they hit that mark. Just, I think they're just being intimidating, but yeah, it's not. It's not the. It's not like this is the only Sarlacc. There are many Sarlaccs, you know. So it's not like an all-powerful being. It's a. Are there many Sarlaccs? Like, yeah, I mean, how it's many not Sarlaccs a, Are there? It's not a unique creature, you know. It's I, I've never known it or never heard it, it, it. Just any explanation of a Sarlacc being used or description naming it as the only one. It's just a species that lives on, I, w- I would assume, yeah, only Tatooine. That, that, yeah, that's not a far-fetched ideal that it's like... There's maybe no it's like the Sarlacc. biggest Sarlacc. Like, maybe like it's the, like the largest one there. Maybe other Sarlaccs are smaller. You would assume younger ones are smaller. Maybe they die out for whatever reason, but this one has just gotten so damn big. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an awesome creature, though. It's a cool concept. It it's definitely a, is. It's kind of a cool concept, but also kind of a stupid one when you think about it. Like, how would a creature like this procreate? I don't... Yeah! I uh, mean, you think it's more of like a spore type thing? Maybe? Maybe? I, how I would, would it think procreate? Um, <laughs> I have... I got nothing for you. I, I have no... <laughs> exactly! Okay, alright, how, how about this? Alright, how about this? Oh, Maybe... I, I actually do have an answer for you. Sarlaccs began their lives as spores and were able to travel great distances. You're welcome, when a male thank and, you. When a male and female encountered one another, the smaller male would parasitically feed off the female, diminishing her size while increasing his own. Once the male has reached the female's original size, he would burst, releasing millions of spores into the air and atmosphere. But cool. Hold on. When a John male wins. and female encountered one another, where are they go? How are they going anywhere to encounter each other? I guess it, it moves. Is. It's got to move some way, you know. Well, it just slowly. Closes its gaping maw and just burrows underground, trying to find its mate. I mean, it might. If you look at those images I dropped, like they seem to have limbs. Yeah. It looks yeah, you are correct. It just Those it's look a, more like flippers than limbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks that, like a root. Like you, you'd think it would, it would be stationary because they kind of look like roots, like something to keep it in its exact location. But I guess it would have to move because that sand pit that it creates, you know, like what does it do with all the sand? I'm sure it eats, you know, thousands of pounds of sand throughout its lifetime. Like what's yeah, that has to go somewhere. So yeah. here's some fun facts for you. Sarlaccs reach maturity after 30,000 years. That's awesome. There was some debate amongst xenobiologists as to whether the creature was an animal or an unusual carnivorous plant, though most found the creature far too dangerous to merit an extended study of the question. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it's spread by spores, so maybe it is kind of like a plant. I I, I love sci-fi for this exact reason. <laughs> yeah, because like you could you could make up your own rules, and then you could root it in science to where it's like you know what that tracks that makes mm-hmm. sense. I could see that happening. You just explain. Just explain enough of it, and then you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. All right, I've reached a threshold. I'm happy with my explanation. Mm-hmm. That sounds here's, good. Here's a question for you: Did they stop doing pod racing? Yeah, it seems. Uh, it seems like a lot of the fun activities and stuff that they would usually do after the Empire took control, like mm. with Darth Vader and uh, the Emperor's combined reign. Like, they just basically, like, all right, you're subservient to us, and, like, we're not doing any of this extracurricular BS. Like, we're just, you're just here to serve us and give us whatever materials we need and hope we don't decide to destroy your planet. Like, I think that was What? So, I I looked it up just because I was, like, really curious while you were talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Apparently, they outlawed it because it's too dangerous. The Empire suddenly cares when something's dangerous? I like my explanation better because it makes way more sense. Uh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. It's too dangerous, bro. Don't worry about those uh, those stormtroopers roaming around murdering innocent people. Or us destroying huge planets. Yeah, yeah. Pod (laughs) racing is what we need to worry about. Although, to be fair, that is such, like, a bureaucratic thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. there are huge problems in the world, in the galaxy, but we're going to focus on pod racing. That's the real problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're committing genocide, and people are complaining and, like, rising up. They, okay, okay, everyone, we're going to address these issues of genocide from pod <laughs> racing. We're, we got to get rid of it. It's killing that, these young kids. That is ridiculously accurate actually. You know, the Empire's uh, doing yeah. a lot of good and then yeah, those those hardcore yep. Empire uh, apologists are like, "What about that time when they abolished the barbaric racing archetype that was pod racing, huh? Yep. How many lives that yep. were saved from that?" Um can what can if- I just say like since we're focusing extensively on this planet for the moment my favorite moment in this entire movie was when leia breaks han out of the carbonite and then jabba's just like hiding behind a curtain right there Yeah, just wait he's like he's like slowly touching himself and licking his lips oh this is gonna be great waiting for the reveal oh yeah give him a, give him a couple more she seconds has no idea oh, i've been planning this for weeks <laughs> Bib, you really knocked it out of the park with this one. This is a great plan. <laughs> Just sipping his wine. Someone dropped a cup. Shh, shh. They didn't hear us. Yeah, that entire corridor was full of their, like, the people that were their just troop. at the party the night yep. before, passed out, presumably drunk, passed out. And then all of a sudden, 30 people remain perfectly quiet and hidden, and then a curtain drops, and it's like the Java show. <laughs> and all of a sudden... Yeah. <laughs> I know that laugh. I was like, oh god. Han Mibuki. <laughs> also, if you didn't know oh, any man. better, like if you if you had just watched the original trilogy, you would think that 
Jabba grew like four times his size between yeah. four and six. Yeah. Because even though he's like 600 years old. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that, that scene where they just superimposed him talking to Han next to the ship in the fourth movie versus how big he is now. It's like, damn, is they in the same hut? He's he's also a lot grosser, dude. He's oh, got like snot and shit everywhere. He licks his lips. He's got oh, like, glistening he's so mucus nasty. all over his body. Yep. He's so nasty, dude. It's so and awesome. Added, and he, he's got so that much. that weird uh thing like living in his worm crevice and shit. It's got its own little pillow. <laughs> oh yeah. It gets um the creature that R2 zaps on the ship and it flies up and clings to the rafter above the ship like yeah yeah salacious crumb yeah 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 (laughs) like i don't know what that thing is but like i just love that it like lives in his little worm crevice with its little pillow (laughs) it just laughs at everything talk shit all the time that's all it does is just talk shit the whole time like apparently it talks shit on everybody including jabba himself but he finds it so amusing that he lets it stick around Oh, something not Java or Tatooine related. When they were planning the attack, when they first got the plans, so so everyone was saved. They get back to the the, the rebel base. They're they're talking about their strategy to attack. That's when Akbar was first introduced. My my boy, Akbar. Mm-hmm. It's a trap. It, it's a trap. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Leia says, you know, uh, they're criticizing the data about the about the uh the the plans the shield around the death star the codes like their entire um their entire espionage mission to get the data to even start the attack leia's like many bothans died to give us this data they haven't shown one damn bothan i looked it up i was like, <laughs> I was like what is a bothan they haven't showed one in the entire star wars that's how many died, man that's how many died. i guess all, all of them, them. yeah <laughs> <Just> right <laughs> Just proven his point. Thank you. Wow. I mean, yeah, I guess I I didn't think about it that hard. They all died to get that information. (laughs) I mean, it's just like in episode four when they say how many rebels died getting the plans to the Death Star. Like, you don't see that. Well, Well, now you do. Yeah, until there's a whole movie. I want a Bothan movie then. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge like, of the Bothans. It's like saving Private Ryan, but with all Bothans. And they they look awesome plans. too. They look like uh they look like some weird animal character from Fable, dude. Like they're not Oh, cool. they do look pretty freaking sick. Yeah, no, there's look... another movie that like the the screams. Uh I, I John, I know what you're thinking about, and I was trying yep. to think of it too. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like it was like uh there's two of them actually. One of them was like an old cartoon one, where like it was like a kid who went into like a game, like a kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons tabletop game, and like he was riding dragons and like wizards and sorcerers. And then there's another. Oh, movie. that's um. Oh, th- that it's huge. It's a huge game. It takes like eight hours to play. Yeah. Um, it's infamous. And I I was actually gonna buy it at one point, but I'm like, no, I'm never gonna get anyone that I know to sit down for to this play. Long. Yeah. And I told you that I would sit down and play it with you, you son of a. <clears throat> I can't remember the name of it now. It's Galactic something. It's a huge, huge 4x game. Yeah. But yeah, Bothans look awesome. They should have been in the movie, but I guess they were all dead. 
So it's it's sad. It's like, oh They're man, just... like we come up with a concept for an amazing creature, and then like they talk to financials, like, dude, if we put even two of these things on screen, it's going to cost us an arm and a leg. Like, <laughs> yeah, <can't> do it. <laughs> they do look pretty intricate. That's you know, that'd be. Is that it? Yes, that is it. Twilight Imperium. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's exactly who I was thinking of right there. And there's also a movie too. Uh, what's either a movie or I may I, I may be thinking of a Doctor Who episode where something similar was also on. Oh my God! Don't don't get me you started. You would be thinking Doctor of Who. a Doctor Who episode. Like I I had I had to fall off of Doctor Who after like being an avid fan for so many years. Well, that's not what this podcast is about. Okay. Not <laughs> Speaking of what it. it is about, <laughs> was it weird to anybody else that Vader and Palpatine, when they talk to each other, like seem unusually aware of how evil they are? Like it was kind of meta, like they, they were talking about how what, like, like their evil no- deeds were going to conspire and everything. Yeah. Like normally when you have a villain in a, a book or a movie or whatever it is, like, the villain isn't cognizant of the fact that they're evil. Like, they feel like they're doing what's right, even though they're uh, evil. Yeah. Vader and Palpatine are just straight up like, we're going to murder the fuck out of these innocents <laughs> later, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Seriously, yeah. That, that was, that was kind of jarring a little bit, because, like, I would understand Palpatine being like that, but Vader, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Cause like, well, especially when an hour later, he's like, son. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> showing a, remorse. There's a small bit of dialogue that actually points to that. When Luke is trying to convert Vader over when he, when he, when he's first captured on the actual planet, um, Vader says, I must obey my master. He says, "I he he said that exactly. I must obey." So there is some significant, uh, you know, like significant, uh, um, you control it's there. It's I was definitely saying, yeah, abuse. I was, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if that's not a like an abusive relationship, I don't know what is. Like, like just call Vader, it like how Vader, it is, Vader, get out of there. You deserve so much better than the Empire. <laughs> but I've got like 40 or 50 CDs in his no. battle station, yeah. no, man. No, Luke, Luke, I can still save him. I can't just leave my CDs. Oh, you don't geez. understand. Right. You're okay. You're right. not there for the good times. Oh my god! Like right, if you if you can't call out your bro when he was like, "Nah, dude, your wife, your kids, they're all dead," and then later you find out he lied to your fucking face. Like you can't call him out for that. There's some serious issues in that relationship. Yeah, dude, it's an emotion. It's an emotional like manipulation. Like Palpatine had his clutches in him for just years and years and years and manipulated his views of everything that was going on around him that I can understand why he would not question what he says about him because like legit I think it was more that if he admitted that Palpatine was lying or that he was wrong everything that he's done up to that point was for nothing like everything it would would shatter him yeah, it shattered his whole sure. uh, ideal of who he was and why he's doing the things mm-hmm. that he's doing. Like, just going back to when he first, like, decided to, like, okay, I'm going to the dark side, where he killed all the, the younglings. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And then, like, basically, I went to the dark side to save my wife and kids. That didn't happen because <laughs> she died in childbirth, but, again, was his fault. 
And then he's like, okay, now I'm doing this to like make the galaxy a better place to like under our rule to where like nobody has to go through what I went through along those lines. But like that's just would be completely shattered if he was like, okay, he's lying. They were alive and like he really didn't help me accomplish any of the goals that I wanted. So these whole like what however many years that I've been by his side and been a loyal, kinda loyal to his plan was for not. Like I like if I was in his shoes, I'd understand why I'd take time to assess like, you know, no, no, it might be good. Like, you know, it, it might turn out for the better. Like, yeah, either that or just be like just literally just sit in a corner. It's like everything I've done for my life has amounted to nothing and I'm a terrible individual and did no good in the world. If there's one thing the Emperor has shown that he can do better than anybody else, it is manipulate. Mm-hmm. Right? He he is the he's the best puppet master in the galaxy. Except for the dyad, which he didn't foresee. Don't. No. (laughs) Don't. Don't. No. We'll get to that one eventually, but. He was was really not prepared for those forest moon teddy bears. No, he. he, uh, Okay. He. uh, Goddamn. I, I mean, Luke was right. Luke was right. His his overconfidence. It was his weakness. He nailed it there. That one line. Um, that was it. He yeah. thought he thought he had this whole thing wrapped up in the bag. He thought there was, you know, absolutely no way that they were gonna lose. He thought that his dumbass Imperial engineers wouldn't make the Death Star so susceptible to another implosion just by shooting. Like I swear that was a mission Dude, in oh my God. in uh, Star Fox sixty four. One blast Dude. in the middle of the Death Star, and it's over. <laughs> it's the same flaw as the original Death Star. They just exactly. bent the pipe. It was exactly. easier this time. It was easier. Dude, like, again, like, I'm telling you, like, it is a recurring theme that Star Wars engineers are just straight-up inept. I don't know, like, it's because, like, the Empire killed off all the good engineers, and they're just left left with the C's, the C and D students. I don't know. <laughs> But it's I mean, like anything that's designed in Star Wars mm-hmm. is just just greatly flawed. All the good engineers got killed on the first Death Star when it blew up. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a that's probably an incredible point because yeah. they needed all the manpower and the intelligence to get that thing up and running. They thought that would never and ever be destroyed. That's the last thing they would ever think about, right? Maybe disabled, but not exploded. Yeah. Right? By the way, was anybody else like, what the fuck is this when they showed the Death Star? It's like, there's a whole side of it totally missing and shit, but the rest mm-hmm. of it is perfectly complete. Yeah. As if they were like, we're going to start with this section, complete it 100%, even though that's not how you build anything. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move outwards and we'll just kind of cover the sphere that doesn't uh, even exist yet. I th- it had no structural integrity whatsoever. I, I and, think that and, makes sense. And, I- and who was on that ship who was like, yeah, I mean, there's a gigantic hole on that side of the battle station, but it'll be fine, man. Don't worry about it. I, I think it actually does kind of make sense. So I know that with my very limited knowledge that if I was to, to develop and build anything in space, that's how I would do it. Because notice that they were going for minimum viable product throughout their entire development. <laughs> they were going... So for accurate. like like they had a huge chunk out of the death star 
but the fucking cannon worked, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They probably had the gun, the actual cannon, working further. They built that first, and then they built the rooms and the systems and and you know just everything around that. They should have just it's, built a like can, a rail gun, a giant gun, instead of a whole can, star. Can we also point out that like the time between episode four and episode six? can't be more than a few years right let's just yeah. say that oh, i know where four, you're going five, preach let's say five to six is three years yep and four to five is like we'll just say that that's another three years like did, did they just master space elevators in this time like how the fuck did they get this all together that quick doesn't make it, any sense at all it's just a story it's basically the story of the pyramids like how are they built how did like no all this come no together? dude it's not because the pyramids, pyramids were took a long yeah, long hun- time yeah no, that's what i'm saying like you don't under like you just have to accept it that's what i'm saying like with the pyramids it's like there's a lot of mystery behind their construction and everything like that with the death star a lot of mystery behind its construction so you just gotta accept yeah it. Oh, just, but, the okay. mystery, but the mystery behind the pyramids is how the hell did these people with no technology whatsoever get giant blocks and stack them on top of each other so perfectly? The mystery with the Death Stars, how the hell did you have this much time? Mm-hmm. And nobody knew about it. Just with super competent, like, intel gathering and just making sure, like, no one, I don't, I don't know. I can't even fathom the like, only... how that even worked out. So, current sci-fi movies could be able to explain it, but back then, they they couldn't have explained it. Like right now, if you were to remake star Wars and you would say someone needs to build a huge spherical battle station, that's going to be like a sixth, the size of, of our moon, they would just use robots and they would use AI to just have drones work around the clock, build these things. And it would just kind of build itself. That's how you would explain that now. Except we know in this movie that they're using humans. That's what I'm there's saying. There's a dialogue at the beginning with that's Vader. That's what I'm saying. Who? You can explain it now, knowing what we know back then. No fucking way. You're building two of them in which, six years, which is yeah. hilarious when you consider that, like they droids are such an enormous part of Star Wars. But was anybody else like, "What the fuck?" When Vader's talking to that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Vader. He's like. Dude, there's no way we can go any faster. What do you What do you want from me? I'm I got my guys working around the clock. There's no humanly pot. The emperor's coming. We'll double our efforts right away. We got this. Yeah, <laughs> they could have explained it with droids. Honestly, there is a gray area. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there are many ways that you can explain. No, actually, they were using droids because they never showed a scene of the Death Star being built by human hands or by non-droid hands. So sure, maybe. Humans Wait. were doing like the transport of the raw materials, but the actual construction was done around the clock. But then that still doesn't explain Means- why you had to double efforts of something yeah. that was already autonomous. He's got lazy ass droids going yeah. around <laughs> trying to build this thing. Hey, I believe it. Seeing C3PO, maybe he's got a bunch yeah, of right. half ass I mean, droids. Like, really, like, just like that's his personality. He's like, oh, I don't want to do this. But like, he, he needs to go dro- burn in some droid feet to get them hustling up a little more. <laughs> But droids like that don't have personalities like C-3PO and R2. Like, droids that are meant to build shit and destroy shit don't have personality like that. 
we're going to be caught in this circular argument yep. for the end of time. Yeah, we had to just right. accept it. There's no way. Th- there may be a it's great way a to explain and balance it all. I'm sure someone more knowledgeable than us can give us a great not like explanation. Yeah, a great explanation that isn't purely canon, but still fits reasonably within what they could have done. I got but, one for you. The original trilogy is not as good as everybody thinks it is. Uh, I can, um, I can, I can, I can agree with that, I mean, but it's still like, again, for its time, it's still pretty great. Um, I, I actually think it's still fantastic. I, I don't think you watch Star Wars to be scientifically accurate. You watch you Star don't... Trek if you want scientifically accurate and oh, realistic God. shit. No, the fuck you don't. Yes, a lot, <laughs> way more than freaking Star don't Wars, get dude. Me started. Well, well, Don't I mean, you have a you started. have a point there. It's definitely more accurate than Star Wars. Yeah, it's significantly more accurate than Star Wars. But Star Wars, you just watch for the spectacle of it. The whole scientific yeah. aspect gets blown, especially the sequels. The sequels just take a shotgun to any scientific realism. Can we stop talking about the sequels? It's impossible. You can't. Help it. You can't. You can't. You got it. You have to compare the two. Like that's the whole point of seeing like how something made decades before is still like infinitely better with less with less resources that's the worst part like so much less resources and also like canon and lore to build off of and yet they just they just didn't accomplish like the bare minimum of what they should have oh and so this i'm, I'm gonna bring up the sequels for two seconds really quick just just to make a comparison just to make a really 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 quick comparison i think so I think Poe Dameron is blown out of the water, and I personally think that Wedge is is the best pilot that the Resistance ever had. He lived Wedge? he lived through all three of the original movies, and he was in every every major battle like a champion. We don't see a lot of the things that he did, but he had to have been an incredible pilot to go through that. To many- just not die, yeah. <laughs> that's the standard just don't die right <laughs> like they hype up poe dameron who drove a single ship okay I, all right i'm really not going to get into it but i think i think wedge is the best pilot that resistance ever had and i challenge totally okay that. with that i'm totally okay with that yeah wedge is he was even there at the final scene too with the ewoks wedge was there he's like yeah chewy what's up man i was like oh shit wedge like i never cared about you until now yeah, <laughs> I never cared about you at all. I now. didn't. I really didn't. Uh, oh, I mean, I can't so... argue with you for whatever yeah. that's worth. <laughs> Which is honestly, no, that's worth a lot. Because no offense, you can argue with anybody about anything <laughs> if there's leeway. So I mean, there's is, definitely leeway. I just don't that, know enough that about is the, Wedge. To... I'm, I know, I know that, but I'm just saying that is like probably the biggest compliment you could have ever given him <laughs> to date. Because I, I've known you for years, and you can argue anything into the ground. Well, you're right about that. He probably argue that. No, oh, never mind. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> you, how dare you? <laughs> I'm just, Here's an example I'm, where I didn't. I'm just really glad that you're just not one of those people who just takes a negative stance against whoever you're talking to just to show <laughs> how you're superior. Like if you were like that, I don't know if we could be friends. I'll just be like, mm. it's exhausting. Conversa- those, those conversations are, would be rough. Well, let me tell you exhausting. why we would still be friends. I got this list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually 
yeah. Okay. Twirling back and speaking about the Ewoks. So the oh, first we're time I saw this now. Yep, yeah. Yep. The first I time, time I saw the Ewoks, I gotta say, it was borderline some of the most racist ish that I have ever seen. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was. I don't know. There was Not, one. It wasn't racist. It wasn't racist. It's just the way that they looked, especially like I think it was like the leader one, like one of the first ones you see. It just looked like a really short black dude with like furry glue makeup on. So it's funny you bring that up, John, because I actually, while I was watching it, I saw an Ewok that looked like he was in blackface. That's it. I'm not even kidding. Oh my God. This morning with Kim, I was like, I straight up said, I was like, wow, old boy look like, like somebody you see in the hood who just put on like straight blackface. Like I don't, that just looks really off to me. Like the other Ewoks, when they're like totally like teddy bear light covered in fur, cool, wouldn't notice it. But this dude is like, it's like the fur stopped right under his nose, like right under his nose. So you see like really big protruding lips. There you go. And I'm just like, yeah. There's not a lot of good shots, but that's the one that really yeah. stood out. I was like, ee. Oh my God. That was perfectly normal. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I will say this, like, Ewoks as, like, an addition to the Star Wars mythos just seemed out of place to me. What? Not for what I just, yeah, just not for what I just explained. That was just a personal gripe I had, because I never really thought about it until I watched it recently. But, like, I'm fine with Ewoks, but, like, they just seemed out of place in the Star Wars mythos for, like, they were just so technologically inept that they shouldn't have posed any threat or resistance whatsoever. I don't care if you're even talking about guerrilla warfare, like they should not have posed that much of a threat to where they basically toppled over this empire that well, other rebellions could not. In fairness, those ATSTs apparently also blow up when you knock them over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, John's right. The Ewoks made those stormtroopers look like idiots. I mean, yeah. they were just getting rocks dropped on them, and they were just flailing around like they were just completely destroyed. I mean, it was a really pathetic fight. Um, the whole Ewok, really anything with Ewoks, even the whole C three P O as a god, and the funny dialogue. Oh, they're gonna cook mm-hmm. his friends, and then Leia comes out and says, like, "No, they're my friends. Tell them not to mm-hmm. cook them." And, that, that whole point, that that whole part was just, uh, like, to me, just a waste time while Luke has good dialogue with Vader, which we needed just 10 more minutes of, maybe, instead of that. Yeah. I, I which is say... weird, because you could just, like, not have all those scenes and still have the dialogue with Vader and Luke. Yeah, I will say this. It feels like the Ewoks were added to the story for toys and marketing purposes. That's mm. that's what that's it not, felt like to me. That's not beyond Star Wars. I think they've shown that. Yeah, they'll, they'll, and like they'll intelligently add in. You know, Porgs are a recent example of it. Yeah, but Porgs you know. didn't like mass a rebellion that was the turning point and end of like oh how they long made, year war they made me rebel. Um, <laughs> Chewie, <laughs> Chewie should have taken that bite. I was 
disappointed when he didn't yeah, take he that didn't bite. Also, don't it. act like you weren't like, well, episode eight was kind of okay after you saw it. Like, you weren't Ooh. up in arms, Who? bro. Me? You. You. Yes, I you, was. You were like, no, nah, episode eight wasn't that bad. I mean, like, I like episode seven better, but episode eight's okay. I mean. No, uh, I will say this. Like, when it comes to the sequels, The Force Awakens is all right and tolerable for me everything after that it it just irks me because star wars is uh something that i hold very dear and when i hold something dear and like i critique anything that builds off of something that's been established for years and that has a lot of a lot of good points and good story to work off of and for that to be the product and something that a lot of people have been waiting for that is just wholly disappointing. Like, and it makes me, it makes me feel like an asshole when it comes to stuff like that, because I'm just basically like, okay, I know that this person like loves this movie and loves this, like loves what they produced but I can't, and then, like, if I voice my opinion, I'm just, like, crapping on everything that they like, and I just don't want to do that, but I can't help it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, like basically, Dean, like, it, it comes down to, like, you know, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, like that. yeah, yeah, the that movie... fantastic adaption that they did oh, on film. Oh, not going to get into it, but that movie, compared to the cartoon, <laughs> like, the reason so much that... better? That's where you're going with this, right? Don't start. Do not start. But it, the reason that I've like was like that is because like my fiance and the boys all love that movie, and like I literally can't sit and watch and appreciate it because of that. Like I granted, like it is flawed here and there, and like it wasn't a great movie, but itself, but like when you've watched something that opinionated is inherently better and then you try and watch an adaption to something you hold dear you have that inherent bias and like you get to a point to where you can't even enjoy something just to watch it like you have to critique it like even subconsciously i think that's a a good point I, like i think that that's what's go what goes on in the star wars fandom with the original trilogy mm-hmm. like fans who have been fans for especially fans who have been fans since the prequels happened mm-hmm. um hold these movies in such high regard that they have they it's almost like they have this innate need to destroy anything else that comes out yeah and it's funny to me because like having rewatched the original trilogy these movies are all three of them are deeply flawed mm-hmm. like these are not incredible movies front to back yeah um Empire is probably the strongest of the three in terms of just being a movie. Mm-hmm. But even Empire, like we were talking about on the last episode, has a huge plot hole right at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> so I, I, I don't. I think Star Wars gets too much of a pass, um, which, which is also really funny because, like, one, everybody was up in arms about george lucas and what he did to star wars and now that he doesn't have it anymore people are really really regretting those choices yeah so yeah that that does happen um 
I don't think it's uni- it's it's not uni- uh, unilateral. So if you think the original trilogy is best, you don't just automatically hate everything else because Mandalorian is an example of people who resonated or started with the original trilogy. What they watch that and they love it. That's that's been the response mm-hmm. I've seen is yes. that the Mandalorian, which by you know of course it's of course um has lucas on it right lucas isn't a Mm -hmm. he's not a huge part of it but he's a large enough part to to make an impact and i think get that original feeling back and i think that i weirdly enough the spinoffs for star wars rogue one solo um Mandalorian, I think they're all stronger than the sequel trilogy. I, yes, and I, I I think the reason even though Solo kind of sucks, yes, yeah, yes. I don't think Solo sucks. I don't think it sucks. It, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I it, I'm expecting to be surprised. I will say this: I think the reason for that is when it comes to those spin-off movies and series. I think they realized that less is more. And that's why Star Wars, when it was first released, was just so beloved and like just awe inspiring. Because if you think about it, like with movies nowadays, you get exposition on nearly everything because everybody is just going to drill down into every fact that you give them about the lore and the world building uh, blocks that you're using in said movie but back in the day like if you like if you're like paying attention to like all these podcasts and everything that we're disseminating about the movies is like we're actually given very little information on very on key subjects and like um pillars of that whole world like about the force about jedi and sith we're given base information on all of those subjects that's basically like the whole point of this whole war between the empire and the rebellion like this is this is actually what started it like this is was the central point of it like Palpatine controlling the senate and everything like that that's because he was a sith and he wanted all the power and the jedi were trying to oppose him controlling all that power even though they didn't know it and trying to keep peace throughout the world. They didn't want someone too strong or too powerful to just topple over everything else in the galaxy and take control. And nowadays, you need to explain everything almost at exhaustion because you have message boards, forums, Reddit, so many people that will just tear down what you created because it doesn't make sense. And I think that with the Mandalorian and a few others, like it got better because they just realized it's like you don't have to give them everything. Less is more. Just as long as you give them enough that it makes sense and leave a little bit of mystery in there, it makes it a good product. And I think here's, that's what was missing in the pre in the sequels. Here's something of a counterpoint though. The Mandalorian, Rogue One, Solo they also all take place during that same period of time. Time They're all aesthetically basically the same as the original trilogy. They feel like the original trilogy. Like they're not doing a whole lot new in that way. Like the prequels and the sequels do. Yes. They're 
yes, all of those all of those movies are closer in time than the sequels. That is true, by about yeah. ten years, maybe at the at the max. Well, I guess my point is like when you're saying that, um, well, people, well, fans don't inherently hate everything that came afterwards because look at these. Well, those are like an extension of the original trilogy. They feel and look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so that's like, what I mean. like that's why I think fans like those because like they don't. There's no risk there. They're just telling different stories in the same way. Whereas I think the sequels and the original trilogy did something different, and fans immediately slapped them on the wrist. I think it's just, it's just human nature, you know. Like the the same reason that as you get older, you you still think your music's better. You know, as you get older, <laughs> your your movies that you grew on were grew up on were better. The stories that you did, the things you did when you were a kid, they they were just better than this generation. Like that's just, I think it's a constant battle that we just face as humans, as as a culture. That's just kind of what mm. we, you know, is kind of what we're what we're faced with. And Always I know I do with video games too. You know, I, you know, some video games that come out now, I'm like, oh, these damn developers and publishers pushing out the same game every damn year. And, you know, I, I'm looking I at mean, my childhood through rose colored glasses. And if I if I'm being extremely objective, eh, it wasn't so great back then either. You know, I mean, oh, a great man. example is actually Paper Mario. Um, fans are real pissed that they just refuse to go back to what it was for the first two games, even though it hasn't been like that more than it was like. Yeah, no, like they're doing it to like spite the fans at this point. Right? I don't it's, think I don't think that's true. I'm, they I'm clearly... just being a cynic. I know. I'm I'm just saying no. it's so it's like they go out of their way to adopt and try something completely new every single game, and sometimes they succeed, sometimes they fail. But you got to give it to them. They're really, you know, they come up with a lot of really great mechanics, a lot of genius game ideas, and I you'll attest this more than me the writing has been top-notch consistent throughout all of them right the writing has been uh, amazing on all of those all the paper marios but also like this new one from what i've played of it so far is it clearly has things in it that are a response to how people felt about color splash it may not be exactly what everybody wanted but like they clearly heard what people had to say about color splash and took steps to address it yeah, and like that's something I never really understood about uh video game development companies about them not listening to their consumer base. Like if you think about it logically, logistically, like from a marketing standpoint, if you don't listen to your consumer base, they're not going to buy your game. And it's gotten to a point to where it's literally caused the downfall of so many just 90s development company powerhouses because they didn't they would not listen but i mean you say that as if it's unique to the video game industry but i mean you can see it right now in star wars like circling back like star wars hasn't listened to the fans and what they want virtually at all see that's i'm not saying it's unique to the video game industry i'm saying it's more prevalent and more important in the video game industry like when it comes to movies like star wars and stuff like that no offense 
you could put out a crap movie for Star Wars, you're still going to get high box office numbers in the first weekend because people are going to at least have to see your movie to uh, appraise if it's good or not. And then recurring sales after that first weekend is going to be affected by those reviews, those consumer reviews that you have. So with Star Wars, like certain products, certain um, certain uh, movie genres, uh, not movie genres, uh, just like movie cinematic universes basically now, like Marvel and stuff like that, they're going to get a high box office yield in the first weekend or so. Video games, different, because you're spending money to put a decent amount of time in each video game that you buy. So if you look at reviews and see like everybody's like crapping on it and like you don't have an open mind like you do and I do and like maybe certain people, you're not going to get a high enough yield in the first opening days of releasing a game. Like literally video game industry lives and dies on reviews of their consumer base. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. I think Metacritic just announced that they're going to wait like 48 hours or 36 hours until they'll allow reviews to be posted on on new games. That's for their sales. I I think that was in response to Last of Us 2. People were were like review bombing it. (laughs) Oh, man. They were totally review bombing it. And like, that's what I mean. It's like the reason, like that whole stance in itself is why they're seeing like how important the voice of the people when it comes to the video game industry. <clears throat> so, um, and to go back to star Wars, not go off on too much of a tangent. Yeah. You're good, I you're think good. that this just happens with large media companies. So things that involve a lot of hands, a lot of moving parts and a lot of individual mm-hmm. minds. So video games are, are, are that way. Uh, movies are that way. They, they require dozens and dozens of people doing unique and dynamic things and all working together cohesively. So, if you don't have good leadership, if you don't have good direction, then it derails. You see that in the sequels. You see that kind of stuff all the time. With video games, you find that the publishers or the development houses that keep good talent, that retain talent, that have good leadership, that have clear direction, that are able to communicate well, then they produce bangers every time. Mm-hmm. You know, CD yep. Project Red is a good example of this. But then you also have the other blockbuster side of it which would be Mm -hmm. like ea who just pumps out maddens every year fifa's every year call of duties things like that just to get their uh um uh, just to get you know that product value that that bottom up yeah that bottom dollar there so the bottom line yeah i think it's it's hard to retain quality when you were dealing with so many different people so it's inevitable and especially with in star wars sake you're not only you know Every generation, the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, they're entirely different people working on every aspect of these movies every single time. So the quality is going to vary widely. I think why the sequels were so jarring is because the original trilogy had, I think, a stable core group of people involved. I know know the directors changed, but I don't think that they were just coming from the you know just coming from a void directing and then just leaving they were involved in maybe things in the previous movie or then then things also in the post movie from uh whichever one that 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 they directed and of course you had lucas there 
Same thing with the prequels. All all three of the prequel movies are pretty much kind of the same. You know, some mm-hmm. of course one stumbles pretty Production hard, teams, but yeah. but the sequels I think were very different. They didn't it yeah. didn't feel like they had a plan for the sequels. And it didn't seem very cohesive. It's just challenging to coordinate a large media team to do things well. It's just challenging, right? It, which even that that even speaks more to the brilliance of the team which which did oversight development writing production for for the marvel cinematic universe that's the best example of the benefit you have from keeping the same core group of people having a clear message having a, a clear direction laid out planning i mean that is just something that that we'll be talking about for the rest of for our lives years years you know to, yeah and like like that's the thing is like so i am an avid marvel fan and like of course if you're a fan of something like most of the time when you adapt something you shit on it like basically like the x-men movies like i, I like the first the first one and then after that it kind of teetered off for me but like with the marvel movies even though it didn't adhere like religiously to the source material they were still great films oh, and yeah. like honestly i will say this like the main reason why the marvel movies su- succeeded the way that they did in my opinion was more based on casting choices like who the actors that they chose and made sure that they would stick around for like the whole ride because if you think about it now thinking about anybody else other than robert downey jr doing iron man you can't even imagine it. he just embodied tony stark period and then like uh chris evans as steve rogers captain america can't imagine it like he was just perfect even though like all the other movies that he's been in prior he was like playboy like pretty face like he just did whatever he wanted to like philandering and then you have him being like the symbol of hope and bullheaded doggedness never quits and like the symbol of america in these in this cinematic universe it was just it was just immaculate casting choices and making sure that everybody stuck to the status quo and that's why i feel like the marvel movies succeeded like no matter what story they put out even though it didn't make sense in their plot holes and it didn't stick religiously to source material still great movies that tied together and that you could be like oh man this is a callback to this movie or oh man this is how this ties into the next one like it is just it was just a great experience and i think that's what that's why a lot of people a lot of studios try to shoot to create a, a cinematic universe of their own but they didn't copy the cookbook that marvel set out they didn't pay attention to how marvel laid all that groundwork before they created this universe that is now just a powerhouse today they got lucky with the original casting for star wars too yeah i think that they, they really did. they got super lucky with harrison ford mm-hmm. harrison ford is an incredible actor um mark hamill of course is a, a great actor better voice actor i think he's i think he's gonna be oh he's He's an immaculate voice actor. He's one of the he's, best. Yeah. He's the voice of my childhood. Yep. Uh, uh, with uh, Kevin Conroy. And Man. I think 
and I think that they they also nailed it with uh, with Carrie Fisher too. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I really preferred Leia. And watching the sixth movie, it 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 just reaffirmed how how I thought about this that she's really changed. Her character really changed so much from the original trilogy to the sequels. Mm-hmm. Like she was such, and a lot of times in the sixth movie, such a badass. She was doing yeah. awesome things. She choked Jabba out. Dude, yeah. she she oh, didn't man. have to kill. Didn't, she didn't have to we, kill Jabba. She choked exactly. his ass we out. Didn't even touch on that scene. Yeah, yet. I was waiting for that. But like, dude, that scene is probably one of those scenes where like you remember that, and you like you can use that in like memes and like just in general conversation. Like, dude, uh, what was it? The movie Knocked Up, where like uh, sh- where Kathy Heigl was like vomiting because she's like starting to like get morning mm-hmm. sickness. And then the dude is like, oh, man, you look like Jabba the Hutt getting choked out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I like, did not that, remember that. <laughs> dude, like, it's so good. And, like, and like, this is before, like, a whole women empowerment movement, like, before, like, female uh, actors and, like, just um, archetypes were mostly damsel in distress. You need to save me. Like, no offense, like, the costume that Carrie Fisher was in was, like, the epitome of damsel in distress. I need to be saved. Like I'm a slave with a, a a collar on my neck, chained to this big ugly lizard dude that I can't get out of. But no, she's like, screw that. I'm gonna use this chain that that you're using to subjugate me to choke your ass out. Like it was, it was perfect. It's it was not perfect. like Java couldn't have Java couldn't have done anything to her. She could have just grabbed a gun like she did, shot the chains off, and ran away. Java would have died anyway because the ship blew up. But Mm-hmm. she she went out of her way to choke his ass out and mm-hmm. that was that was one of the many times in this movie that she was a badass another time was when they were trying to break into the shield generating um base and han mm-hmm. was trying to quote unquote hot wire the door after r2 got <laughs> shot <laughs> and he failed miserably uh, once again, speaking to how useless he was outside of just piloting the ship to get them there yep, and talking yep. with the Empire. But, mm-hmm. you know, when they surrounded them, those two troopers, Han had his back to him. You know, she, he he was shielding Leia. He moved out of the way. Quick shot. She's a good shot. Took out both those stormtroopers. Now, she could have just, just have easily thrown her gun and they would have went down, apparently, if you look at <laughs> how how they fought against the Ewoks. Yeah. But still, I mean, they wrote her as such a badass character. I'm, I was sad to see that she turned into the 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 Superman force mentor. flying mentor character, yeah. and she didn't retain she didn't retain as much badassery as I hoped that she would. Because even I mean, Luke said, Luke even said in that movie, you know, I'll train you. Basically, I, I forgot the exact line, but he's like, "You'll learn too," saying, "I'll train you to be a Jedi as well." Yeah, and like she, like in the sequels, like they, basically they said that she went under Jedi training and like she finished, but she like she didn't finish, but she stopped right before she was gonna finish. She didn't like because it for some reason I can't remember why. No, it was because like she felt like Kylo Ren like some weird thing, some weird shit. There was some reason. Like, yeah, she was, yeah. Like, she had a force vision of something happening, and like she's basically like I need to quit and like devote myself to something else. But like I agree with you, like. Um, they didn't use her to to the proper capacity that she could fill. Like the role that she had filled in the original trilogy 
was basically the epitome of just like I'm not a damsel in distress. I can do shit on my own and I can take care of myself. Like I'm better than most of the men out here, including Han Solo, who was like a fan favorite in the trilogy. I thought it was kind of weird that they let Leia go down to Endor in, in the first mm-hmm. place. Like they're like, okay, Han's Han's making the strike team to go down. You know, all the friends say, I'm in it. I'm me too. Don't forget me. Okay, whatever. If I was the commander, if I was Akbar, I'd been like, Leia, no, you're not going down there to get yourself killed. I'll send one of my millions of other troopers or or, or rebels with you. And there were other rebels there that were completely pointless because they got captured. But mm-hmm. anybody else, you know, like, like that would have been a good time to introduce like a badass alien character. But Having Leia there, of course, was awesome. Seeing her on the speeder bikes, kicking people off, and having them run the trees. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, but I think that more... She fell into a soft bush and went, ugh! (laughs) (laughs) Wriggles around. I wouldn't have let her go down there. I know if I was in charge, I would have been like, the hell you're you're saying on this ship? You're too important. I think that that more speaks to how badass she was it's just basically like general akbar didn't question it because it's like yeah you're probably one of our best fighters you should go down there to like help our efforts to make sure like increase our chances of success you know what i mean i feel like that was more of the point yeah why he didn't speak up about her going down and how dare lando bark orders at akbar that moment kind of made me mad a little bit but it's not important it's billy d williams man you gotta cut him some slack dude his acting in this movie was terrible though it was mm. awful like uh i feel like he was like chosen as the token because like yeah. looking looking back on it like when you think about oh man like a star wars characters that like me myself that i can relate to you only have Lando. that's it there's nothing else uh, he still acted better than he did in nine. Oh, sorry. Jesus. Christ. Before I forget, was anybody else like? <laughs> did anybody else like think it was weird when um, Han and Leia have that scene at the end where like, uh, Han Han's like, "You love Luke, don't you?" And she's like, "Yeah." Like, oh, you could, yeah. Was... You could just, like, come out with the fact that he's your brother. Like, you actively help, withheld that information from him earlier. And now you expect him to just know that when you say that? Like, how like, dumb nobody, are you? Nobody just told, like, clued homeboy in. Like, it's like, tell Han that uh, I'm his, like, uh, he's my brother and I'm his sister. Like, no, nobody, nobody decided to disseminate that information. See, that was an example of awkward writing but an example of good writing i think happened just before that when mm-hmm. luke told leia that they were siblings because when when he told her she wasn't like oh, you're my brother oh my god like it wasn't obnoxious writing it was very i, I thought it was beautiful she's like, I've, she's like i've always known of course she's like it was just like the force that's just why we were making it. out in the last movie yeah, i'll give him a pass okay it's it's better than <laughs> It's better than a oh my god we're bro- oh my god you're my brother and then the crying it, scene and like, hugging. No, I feel like it should have been like the scene in Euro Trip when the twins made out with each other. That's what it should have been like. <laughs> I do not remember that scene. I have to disagree with you, man. I think that <gasps> scene where, uh, no, not you. Okay. okay that, cool, cool. that scene where Luke is telling Leia, uh, he's her brother is actually kind of terribly written. Mm, 
like her reaction sure like that that's pretty good that's fine but like the way he tells her is so weird and awkward i'm not sure i mean to be fair it might be less the way that it's written and the more the way that mark hamill acted it but given that the writer also direct oh wait no he didn't direct this movie but regardless like (laughs) it's just so weirdly acted dude like it's like i'm it runs strong in my family in Mm-mm. me in Mm-mm. my father in Mm-mm. my sister oh, <laughs> I, so bad i thought it was written well i um but yeah i don't think you know hamill's not winning any um awards for acting or at least i don't yeah, I think mean, he like did that. um no, i hope not i don't think he's, he did he's just been recognized for like being legit a voice and like uh like a poster child for like a generation of cinema and animated adaptions like and he's, he's amazing he, he loves it too like i follow him on twitter and he'll always respond to people with like all of his random roles like someone someone tweeted at him and then they're like hey you should play you know you know you've you've voiced a lot of dc characters why why haven't you voiced any marvel characters of course he has but then he, he he replied back to that person. He's like, here's all of the people that I voiced that were in Marvel. And then he has like stories for all of them that he'll tweet out and talk about. Like he, he loves, he loves voice acting so much. He's just he, so good at it though. That's the reason why, like no offense. Like uh, if I had to choose between Mark Hamill, like regular acting and voice acting, voice acting would win out. No question. Yep. Like not even a real contest, like not even a real decision. Yeah. You know where he really nailed it though? When C three PO was retelling of his escapades from the past movies. Like, yeah, go go Oh look at the sound effects. Oh yeah. What what happened next, C three PO? Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> that whole part see like that that didn't need to be in the movie. I thought it was kinda cute, but I don't know. I didn't like any of the Ewok stuff at all. Um Out really of place, any dude. of it at all. Re- um legit, like Regardless of how cute and fuzzy and, like, cool they were, like, actually, no, they weren't cute and fuzzy. They looked, like, demonic and monstrous and, like, or nightmare fuel, honestly, if you look at them all close. But they just seemed just ridiculously out of place in the story. That's just how I feel. Like, if it was, like, um, like, even if it was, uh, like, uh, just a, a horde of Chewbacca's, mm. like, without, like, real horde technology. Like, basically, if you replace the Ewoks with the Chewbacca's, the Wookiees, like, I still would feel like that was out of place. Like, if they were, like, using the same tools. Like, Wookiees are stronger than Ewoks, but without any real technology, it just seems like that doesn't seem plausible at all. That they it was, yeah, I mean. guerrilla warfare at all. It's, it, the whole point is it's a metaphor for the, the Emperor just being overconfident you know that's the whole that's a whole reason that they're in there and i think they could have done it a lot better a lot of other ways i think the emperor is like he leaked the the plans the location like it was him he led the rebels to him right just to get luke in his clutches but you couldn't leak you couldn't leak the wrong base like you had to actually give him the real shield <laughs> generator why don't you just tell him it's some hangar across you the planet what? honestly i never thought about it that way but you right you 100 <laughs> right on that he's so cocky that he's like 
I could do that, but what if we just tell them the right place? Yeah. Yeah, but but pal, they what if they succeed? No, they won't. I am the emperor. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Succeed. How dare you? But but what if they do? Just force they lightnings won't. him. Anybody else have any opinions? <laughs> By my Vader, side. murder him without mercy. Yeah, um, his his hubris was his downfall in the end, which I think is poetic, of course. And you know, we said it already. The parts of uh, the dialogue with the Emperor are my favorite parts of the entire movie because yeah. they're captivating. They're exactly what you've been like. It feels like this is what you've been wanting throughout the entire trilogy. Is this final climactic meeting? between Luke and the Emperor and Vader and and seeing the Exactly like seeing everything like without your knowledge everything coming like full circle and like Vader's redemption arc. Even though like most of the time throughout the whole series, like you didn't expect Vader to like betray the Emperor. Like he just seemed like he was super subservient. He was totally down with his whole plan and like nothing the Emperor nothing was going to foil the Emperor's plot and, like, he was going to win. Like, there was, like, bits and pieces and clues, but nothing concrete to where he's like, oh, this is going to happen and, like, everything's going to be fine. You thought Luke was either going to, like, yield to the Emperor or just get straight up Force Lightning to death at that point. Now, young Skywalker, you will die. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Nobody's coming to save him. Dude, dude, also, like, that whole scene, like, he's just lightning the shit out of Luke. And Vader's just like, oh, that seems kind of shitty. Mm, I could do something about that. Mm, Looking back and forth. Mm, he's he's not it. Mm, Legit. No. You know what? Let me just lift you over my head and, and walk over here. And the Emperor can't do anything. Vader has one hand and the Emperor can't get away. God. Like, all he had to do was, like, wriggle and, like, roll over on his side and he just couldn't manage it. It just seemed, it seemed kind of anticlimactic for such a, like, overarching and dubious villain to, like, go out that way. But, again, it's his hubris. It's like, he didn't think it was going to happen. I think it would have been more cinematic and and a more of a oh my god moment if like he just randomly had like a lightsaber just show up out of his chest you know just like pop through his chest yeah but then like but then like you wouldn't throw him down a shaft that explodes before the entire battle station explodes and there's no way palpatine's getting out of it yeah because then, like, that would have been also more plausible that he survived, like, being stabbed by a lightsaber. It's like, it's a carterized wound, but, like, if it's not through the heart, like, you could, like, they have the technology to bring people back from near death. Yeah, yeah I Vader, don't need a spleen. Point, Darth Vader, point, case in point, like, I'm just saying, like, that would have made more sense. It would have been more of a, like, crazy, like, oh my god moment. And then also, like, after he gets stabbed, like, he has enough life and energy to just, like, force lightning Darth Vader and take his butt out and you still get the whole scene with Luke afterwards. You know what I mean? You know what I was thinking after uh, right after that scene because it goes to it goes to Luke and Vader in the hangar where uh, he removes the helmet and you see Vader's face. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I'm like 
he had to drag Vader's heavy ass downstairs <laughs> and through elevators. Like that hangar was not close to the executive chamber of the Emperor. That had to have been like that was a hike. And, and I'm just imagining five minutes of Luke struggling to pull Vader's limp body down what a hallway. What are you talking about? He's got the force, dude. He's force walking. Well, this force away. drag him. There was like no, it's like no force powers in all the original trilogy, and I actually kind of prefer that. In the same way that I prefer the fighting in Dragon Ball over Dragon Ball Z. Weird comparison, I know, but follow me here. Because it's more grounded. It's yeah, I get exactly. It. It's more grounded. There's a little more choreography, slightly more. I'm not praising the choreography of the fights in, in, yeah. in the original trilogy. However. Everything just wasn't a force battle. It, it was funner mm-hmm. to watch, or it was more enjoyable, I think. That's why I think uh, the Phantom Menace lightsaber duel, which was like minimum force powers, Ooh. other than key points, was probably like awesome. one of the best. Like people like were like, "This is it. This is what lightsaber duels should always be and should strive to." Like that's 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 where it was. Did nobody else watch that scene where like Vader's dying and he takes off his helmet? I want to see you with my own eyes for once. And then he takes off the helmet. Was nobody else like, damn, Vader, you like put on some pounds, bro. You've been pounding them cheeseburgers while you're in that meditation. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense. It's basically like, I don't think he sustained himself with food at that point after they changed him to Darth Vader. So I don't know how he got. I mean, it might be the fact like he's getting older, so his skin was sagging, and that's why he looked like he got a he came on a couple pounds. But nah, dude, he wasn't that much older. Here's the thing, though, like. How old was Anakin at the end of the third movie, would you say? Like, 18? Well, actually... Not older I, than I, 21. The most... You know what? I can, just, I can just find out. Keep going. The most I think Vader is, is maybe 50. Like, he's he's pushing 50 at, at the max. If we assume the longest time gaps between 4 and 5 and 5 and 6... He's 45. He's so at the end, he dies at at 45, right? Correct. Hey, I was close. Okay. So he's not that old, really. He shouldn't be that decrepit. Although you know what he went through, of course, getting almost completely charred and burned alive. But he Mm -hmm. looks way older than that. So maybe that's like the Sith, the the dark side influence on him. Um, One thing I wanted to point out, the actor, I don't know who, I don't know who it was. I don't know who the guy was. Or if that was even the real guy that normally is Vader um, behind the costume. But he he did a good job of mimicking James Earl Jones' voice. Even though he only had like a few lines, Without, it still like, sounded... voice augmentation? Yeah. Yeah, it still sounded like James Earl Jones enough to where I'm like... I thought knowing that because the actor and the, and the voice actor were different for Vader, I'm like, oh, I'm going to clearly know a difference once this helmet comes off. Because I couldn't remember, but no. He did a good job. It sounded exactly how you would expect it to sound. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I liked it. Um, it since since we're so close to the end, I do want to point out, um, I thought the one of my favorite ships of all time, the Executor, um, the Super Star Destroyer went out like a bitch. I didn't like. I, <laughs> I, I loved how it went. So. 
it falling into the the Death Star was awesome. That was just a really cool scene. Uh, the fact that it fell at all was dumb. So yeah, wasn't happy with that. And also, if I do want to talk about the Force Ghost, but I want to talk about the the uh, celebration scenes before that when they're going to you know Coruscant and to and the the, the different planets showing the celebration of the Empire being defeated. Actually, mm-hmm. before we get there, okay. I, I need to bring something up with that Vader Luke fight really quick. Oh, go ahead. Like when they're battling, there's that point where Luke just like starts hiding from Vader so that they don't fight. Mm-hmm. And like Vader's looking for him. He starts talking shit, talking about how he's going to turn Leia to the dark side and lures him out and shit only to discover he's standing like five feet in front of Vader's face, dude. Mm-hmm. Not in the shadows. Like, he's right there. <laughs> he had to have known he was right there. <laughs> his machinery just, like, was faulty at that point. That's not his fault. I got nothing. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it was. It stuck out of his sore thought. I was like, okay, so Luke is, like, hiding over there underneath the staircase, something like that. But he's literally right in front. There's no way he didn't know that that's it some, was so unbelievably that's bad. some uh that's some original thief hiding you know when you <laughs> you're, you're hiding a sliver of shadow and they can't see you i'm crouched so he doesn't know I'm yeah here. I'm exactly it was like i'm totally invisible to anything <laughs> like vader's All a t-rex senses. he can't yep. see me if i don't move <laughs> oh, God. I, I would never believe anything like that i'm sorry like if, even if it caused me to die i would start running you would be the lawyer who gets taken out in the t- in the right? toilet. Exactly. <laughs> he left us. He left us. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you saying about the celebration? Well, I don't know if all the same. I, I think some of the celebration scenes were put in there in the enhancement. I don't think they were all there in the original. Mm. Um, But one part really jumped out, and that was when they put in Jar Jar and he says like, we so free. Oh. Did you guys hear that? What? No, I did not. You, so, how did you so, guys not hear well, that? I don't, I don't, I don't know about John, but like I watched my Blu-ray version of it, not the Disney, Disney Plus, Plus version this time. So I don't know if that's a newer edition that wasn't on mine or if I just missed it. But like, yeah, no, I have I'll, no idea. I will about. rewatch that to see if I hear that. If I do, I might break my. Chair. Is it just a soundbite or did they show Jar Jar? No, it's just a soundbite. That's all. At the very end, when they're that hovering makes it over, worse. when they're when they're hovering over the like last um, city showing the celebration. You hear Jar Jar yell, "We suffree!" Let me let me listen uh, to this really quick. I legit, I think the fact that they didn't show him and added the soundbite is worse. I mean, it could be another Gungan, but it's heavily implied that it's Jar Jar. I will say, I would rather them not have the soundbite and show Jar Jar in like a back screen, like dancing, than that. Yeah. First of all, first yeah, of I all, found it. Hold on, I I found it. They show the Gungan right there. You can see him. It might have gone by too quick for me to catch, but you're right. It, it's a it's a number of Gungans on top of the roof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a Gungan, all right, but I can't tell if it's Charger or not. Yeah. I mean, 
sure another gungan can sound like jar jar i don't think that's that's too much of a stretch but it sounds just like jar jar i i, I, I mean i i'm gonna say it's jar jar uh, come on i'd re- yeah I, actually I know, is this okay naboo stretch yeah it looks like it. yeah it has if to be they, if you have gungans then yeah it well, obviously is that's no Not jar jar true. was on they, the senate he was on coruscant on bro come on you you have a you have a group of gungans where the hell do you think they came from they could have chartered a ship and just like you know gone to the celebration bro stop stop it <laughs> hey you know gungans can do other things you know it'd be amazing Jesus, mandalorian season two we see like a bounty hunter gungan right like a really because we've only ever seen like, like happy, just like a badass gungan. a super yeah. badass gungan right like war torn just went you know through uh, through the emperor's tyranny and now he's just like a bounty hunter or something living on the fringes of the galaxy that's what i want to oh, see man. but yeah that, this is, that would be pretty awesome this this really stuck out to me uh, when i heard it i was like oh god yeah. jar jar i heard for mandalorian season two they're in talks with rosario dawson for being the older version of ahsoka i yeah i saw that too and i think that ahsoka absolutely needs to play a huge role in something because she's so she's the most important character that isn't that's not in any of the theatrical releases yeah you know especially with i still need to watch all of clone wars like i hear it's so good and but i what season am i supposed to start on two i I think you can start just read like read what happens during season one seasons one is pretty rough but you can start just read the like just like find a synopsis, synopsis rundown of it. Yeah. Just find a synopsis. Yeah. That, okay. That, that's what I would do. I mean, or you can watch the whole thing and you know, whatever you want. <gasps> so the voice actor who did the Wisa free line confirmed that it is just a random Gungan on top of the roof. It is not. Okay. 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 Right, cool. No, I mean, still unnecessary, but I, I'm okay with that. I, I, I feel better about it. They should have put like some kind of text there that says, that's you know, just a warning. This is actually no. not Jar Jar. <laughs> no Jar Jar Binks no were Jar- added to this movie. No, so no in, the, in the subtitles, added. it should have had like in parentheses, in parentheses like random Gungan not, Misa Free. Like, not Jar Jar Misa I mean, Free. We know that it's not in the in the uh, in the credits though. In the credits, I mean, maybe. nobody watches the credits, but <laughs> they do not. But yeah, it probably will say random Gungan. Yeah, random something like Gungan, Gungan number, number one. one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gungan one, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not Charger Binks. And then confirmed. I think I think the last thing I want to talk about is the Force Ghost. Um, mm, if if mm. you were watching the original trilogy, like if if you're getting into Star Wars and and someone said, watch it in release order, which I think is reasonable to a certain degree to to have someone watch it in release order. I think um, it's necessary, but the, well, that final scene with the with the Anakin's Force Ghost would be super super weird because you'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> That's true. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that Hayden Christensen was Anakin in the prequels, so you'd be like, "Like, oh, the Force Ghosts, oh, they're all there. I wonder if Anakin's gonna show." And then it fades into some random dude. You're like, "Who are you? Like, like, what did I miss?" I guess it's yeah. You might be able to to just assume that it's that it's uh Anakin if you if you didn't know it from the prequels, but still it would be it'd be really really weird um to 
to see it there when you just saw Vader in his decrepit glory. I've actually forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird like. anyway. Um, yeah. You know what's weird is I can imagine what the original guy looked like in my head, clear as day. I know exactly what he looked like. Um, you mean um, the Force Ghost? I don't know. Yeah. Exa- I don't know yeah. exactly. I can't say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. A little I, bit. For some reason, like his the his face is burned into my memory. But like, <laughs> it's weird to me because like I guess the implication is that um, he turned back to the light, so he was reborn as a Force Ghost. Blah 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 blah. But if that were the case, wouldn't it still be his old ass form? Like Obi Wan's old, yeah, yep. Yoda's old. Yep. Why is Why is Anakin like the way that why he does was he get twenty five years ago? Yeah, why does he get a pass? You are correct. I agree with you on that. Yeah, that was a dumb edit. They should have just kept the original one in. It was a bad edit for it sure. Was bad. Yeah, like yeah. I understand why they did it, but it was a bad idea. Yeah, like. My whole stance on episode six, like episode six, like bullet point wise, like Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia was a badass. Han Solo and C three PO were basically useless. R two D two, R two D two gets MVP, and I don't even know why they had Lando Calrissian. Like he wasn't really <laughs> Lando and Han either. were were kind of useless. Like, like yeah. the most fan favorite characters of the movie were straight up useless, but Carrie Fisher didn't get any any clout or plaque from like all the stuff that she did. Like she saved Han's life, helped with the rebellion. Like Han basically didn't do shit. Well, hold on. Shout out to Boba Fett who got bumped in the back and uh, thrown into the Sarlacc pit by Han Solo. Oh, and he screamed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, really, dude? You did him that dirty? Like, he was so, he was so clunky and slow. Like, just like, just a crappy bounty hunter. What the hell happened? Like, like, honestly, thinking about it, the most fan-favorite and heralded characters from the original trilogy basically didn't do anything of real note. You think about it. I think Han, like just that Han was the best cool. actor out of all of them. He I think that the I think actor, the best actor but... in the entire movie was Ian McDermott. I think he was the best one as the Emperor. Um, but mm-hmm. I think Han just I, I, yeah I think Harrison Ford is just a great actor to just to begin with. So his scenes, although as a, as a character he was more or less you know kind of useless yeah. and just was just there. Um, mm-hmm. He was still fun to watch. That's true, but like that's I think the only thing was like his charisma and like the way that he like didn't make it seem like they were in life or death situations because he was just like so nonchalant about everything, but still like so, so I think Leia should have got more credit it's so i I thought that I would like rewatching the original trilogy. I thought my order would end up being five six four. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. actually five, four, six. So six actually is a little bit, a little bit weaker than I remember it being. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny because like last week I was talking about how I thought maybe episode four could scrape back up to the top over five for me, and maybe I was just experiencing some recency bias with mm-hmm. episode five. That absolutely happened. So for me, it's <laughs> four, five, and six again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like there's there's just so many things that I and it might just be a nostalgia thing, but like there's so much about episode four that I love inherently. And while five is arguably a better movie um, mm-hmm. for me personally, I just like four more. And six is definitely the weakest of the three. It really is, and like I think four probably sneaks by at a top spot for most people is because of how they introduce these characters in the scene that are just so powerful and memorable. But I have to like say that for me it's five or six. Mm-hmm. Random side note. Do you guys know that because they brought the Emperor back, he was a hundred and nineteen years old when he died? He, just... Technically he was a clone in the sequels. He was a clone and like you think he was about a clone it, like... of the same age though. <laughs> He was just like, oh, oh yeah, that's dumb. It. Wait, that yeah. doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never thought age. about that. Why wouldn't he just want himself to be like back to his youth, like like a clone like, trooper? To his, yeah, to his like his his uh prime form. But like you think about it, it's just like if he knew all this stuff about Darth Plagueis and how to like control use the Force to control life over death, why would he decide to use technology to clone himself? Instead of like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that kind of crap. Well, maybe we'll find out next week when we jump into episode one. Yo. (gasps) But I think that'll do it for this week. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add to episode six. (laughs) Ewoks are your favorite. Noted. John the Ewok. I think we're going to find a species to shit on every single movie. So like, I'm pretty confident. I know what next week's will be. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty confident too. But like, episode four, what was the species that you think that 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 you could shit on episode four? Humans. Okay, I get. I guess there's not a lot of. um, There wasn't a lot introduced. You know know what? No, sand sand people. people. Sand people. Yeah, yeah, the sand people. Shit on tauntauns. Shit on tauntauns. Episode five. Tauntauns. Episode five. Episode five. And then we got lizards that can't survive their own climate. (laughs) Lizards. Ewoks are episode six, and then I and I I think I know what I might shit on for episode one. We'll have to wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back because like rewatching it my answer might change yeah um it's it's actually been a long time since i've seen episode one but i yeah. really love that movie i go today. back and i watch the final lightsaber fight like every like year or two like i'll just watch that that scene it's so because it's incredible good. yeah but the whole yeah. movie it's been a lot it's been a while since i've seen it so i'm looking yeah, forward to and it they, and they picked the perfect person to play darth maul the guy who played toad in x-men i forgot him but he's like he's a stunt actor and he's just amazing he does amazing work and like again less is more like basically darth maul didn't have like any seat any lines except for like two in the first in episode one Mm -hmm. that sounds right well we'll find out yes we will until next time everybody have fun out there